gentlemen, the show is about to start in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. You'll be fine on the mountain. It's time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Built by the Barnumidium Company, served by Chicken Cock Whiskey, and part of the Chief Sports Network. Juice Wells, all the way, touchdown Gamecocks! Pressure, and he just dives in! All right, greetings and good morning. Welcome aboard and welcome home inside the Gamecocks, the show live from the Signorama Studios. They are the preferred sign partner of the Gamecocks, Signorama.com. Matt Vaughn and his team located in West Columbia, just off campus in the Midlands. We, of course, are built by the Barn Dominium Co. The Barn Do Co. is what they're called, the Barn Dominium Co.com, where you can build your dream home. As low as 160 bucks per square foot, which is crazy. The barndominiumco.com in four states, the Carolinas, Georgia, and Tennessee. And, of course, we are served by our friends at Chicken Cock Whiskey. It is the weekend, so here's a toast to conference championship games and to the month of December. Today is the final month of 2023. It begins, and hopefully it will end without a lot more drama in the portal from a departure standpoint. Uh, We've got you covered there. JC will be in in just a minute. You've got myself and Phil here uh, for just a little bit, and we run till 2 o'clock. JC has taking some calls, as you might expect. Uh, So as soon as those are done, he will pop in with us, and we'll have some fun here over the next couple of hours. I mentioned conference championship games being played. Uh, That will actually begin today, later on this afternoon. you got a couple of them, and then you've got more all day tomorrow. So it should be a um, good weekend of college football. We've got college hoops. The Gamecocks are on the floor tonight on the men's side. The women held on and pulled away there at the end, just enough to defeat North Carolina up in Chapel Hill. So we'll get to all of that. We were going to have Derek Scott today and Michael Flint. Both of them had to bail last minute. Uh, Derek is involved in high school state championships, in addition to his role as the voice of Gamecock basketball. So uh, he's got some things to do. And, uh, And Michael had a meeting kind of pop up that he can't get out of. But that's all right. That's all right. We know how to do this. We've been doing it a long time, and we'll figure it out here over the next couple of hours as well. Uh, we will, of course, look at the transfers that we have uh, at least have been announced, and then uh, any rumor mill stuff out there, we'll try to address it as best as we can from a departure standpoint for the Gamecocks. And uh, and then, of course, uh, what will they need from a portal standpoint, positions of need, and that's, that's beginning. That list is starting to grow a little bit. Uh, so we'll get to that as well. 
and uh, we'll try to answer as many questions as we possibly can here, Phil, on hopefully what's going to be a magnificent Friday as we head off into a beautiful college football weekend. Yeah, that's true. Uh, It'll be nice. The good thing about a Saturday like the one coming tomorrow is it's not going to wreck your nerves and emotions and all of that. You just get to sit back and, and watch other teams gotcha. <laughs> and see other, other, other fans and stands doing surrender Cobras and all that other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so that'll be good. Yeah, and, exactly. uh, you know, yeah, it'll, you know, and, and Monday we all know is going to more than likely be wild. <laughs> so we'll rest up and, uh, and be ready for that when it happens. <laughs> That's, there's no question. Uh, Monday is going to be, um, Monday is going to be, pretty crazy all across the country uh you know even you know i'm I'm anxious to see too what what clemson does in the portal because um they they of course traditionally haven't done much with it and and now you know they've already got a portal offer out um they've got some situations where players are leaving um i can tell you if you read tony's report this morning on the big spur.com uh, he put a little nugget in there um, about a financial situation with Juice Wells. You I encourage you to go read that. I, I, I've got a pretty good source on this that says it's a similar situation with Bo Collins at Clemson. Now, again, I can't prove it, and I'm not going to report something like that. So I'm not a reporter, Phil. But um, but uh, the Bo Collins situation up there is something that's very similar to what the Gamecocks have been dealing with with uh, with Juice Wells, and so I'm anxious to see what they're what they're going to do up there as well. But uh, so JC's in, I told you, told you it'd only be a couple of minutes. Sorry. We're glad to have him here. No, nope, it's no big deal. JC, um, obviously the last 24 hours or so has been chaotic. And we know that come Monday, a lot of the things we've heard will actually become official uh, when paperwork and stuff like that kind of gets finalized. And then we'll probably even hear more on that front all across the country. But overall, dating back to last night, I know we were texting back and forth and um and then you put did put out a report on on the big spur.com you know, a lot of rumors really kind of started kicking up yesterday yeah. and uh and and but a lot of that's been calmed down a little bit a lot of it was just nothing more than rumor um there will be some departures as you've already uh, reported and, and right now juice wells is still in that group um i know we were kind of texting back and forth about some other names last night or late yesterday afternoon that we had gotten some information on, did some checking, but overall it looks like South Carolina is actually managing pretty well to this point. Yeah, and I'm going to continue to say never say never. Nothing's written in stone again last year. Everybody, I mean, you know, I'll remind everybody, and this is not to scare everybody and get everybody down in the dumps because there's no need to, like, react uh, negatively about something that has not happened yet. Uh, you know, I think the Juice Wells thing was far enough along to where you could report it and say it's going to happen. And, yeah, that's fine. Everybody should react negatively. But, uh, you know, some of this other stuff, you know, it's not. But I, I'll give you, like, where things are as of right now. Because uh, I kind of got on the phone. I was like, there's no reason why I can't figure this out, you know, because all the rumors are flying everywhere. Um, you know, I think Taka Hemingway probably will be a guy that enters the portal. Uh, I think O'Donnell Fortune probably would be a guy that enters the portal. I think Mario Anderson possibly could declare for the draft. Um, who else is there? Who else is anybody worried about? Give well, me a name. 
Yeah, Nick know, Harbour, yes. not going anywhere. As <laughs> not a, going anywhere. Uh, I, 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 with him, you just never know because there's all there's there's like a counter Emanuore information stream that's out there. And I remember last year there was a lot of Emanuore info that that. that so I don't I don't know what that kid tells people, but. Uh, there's, there's already been a meeting. He's already said he's coming back. So, you know, now again, Lloyd met with Shane last year and went home and decided he was leaving. Um, but, uh, that's it. Boogie Huntley. I think, uh, there's a chance he could leave. I'm not gonna lie to you, but I would lean toward him coming back. TJ Sanders is expected to return. Um, I know, I know one guy that I was tipped off on yesterday. I texted the both of you and, and, it, and this morning, from what I understand, my sources, my source on this said, "Yeah, it's happening." Is more than likely Omega Blake will be departing the Gamecock yeah. football program as well. And that's a, yeah, and that we we got that today. So Omega's gone, uh, kind of running out of receivers, right? But uh, yeah. you, you know, uh, a lot of these other guys, Landon Sampson, John Darius Morgan, uh, you know, you had to expect them. I mean, guys that leave because of playing time and stuff are that that's normal, right? You know, it's not odd. Uh, they're not leaving because of money or anything like that. They're, they're going to look to play. Uh, and I think Omega's in that category too. I think Omega should drop a group of five. Um, and that's nothing against him and his potential and his upside. I thought he did a good job for the most part this year. Uh, but, uh, I think, I think he has to get way more consistent. Uh, the kicker. Yeah. Mitch Jeter's gone. But I can report to you right now, it the, the and I, it wasn't for money, because he was offered what he allegedly people were saying he wanted uh, to stay, and they'd have probably, I mean, he could probably got a little more. You know, he's automatic. That's a valuable guy. How many points is he worth? You know, uh, for some reason, Mitch thinks that if he goes someplace else, he's got a better shot at the NFL. Which I don't, I don't know, like. Uh, what does that mean? Do you, do you want offense that stalls more? Uh, I mean, but I, I don't know what that means. So, uh, you know, maybe a, in Alabama, somebody like that. I don't know. So that's uh, like, because I guess if you're the kick, I mean, I, I have no idea, you know, what, what, where the logic is in that. But obviously he's just uh, unhappy. And uh, somebody asked about Mitch Jeter and Clemson. That was probably one of the most ridiculous rumors I've ever heard. Let me explain about Clemson's kicking situation. They've got two on scholarship right now, and they're bringing in a probably one of the best kickers in the history of North Carolina high school football, like a better than Ryan Suckup type guy, better than Mitch Jeter type guy out of high school. I mean, this dude's bombing them from 60. They're not giving Mitch Jeter a scholarship, no matter how good he is. They're set. And I right. talked to somebody today about that and some things going on up there, but uh, no, it's it's not uh, not happening. Uh, somebody asked about Boogie Huntley. I think Boogie's got a decision to make. I don't know that it's that hard because I, you know, he's got a deal. He's from here, seems happy. Um, but uh, you know, so there's that. You know, Nick Harbor, I heard Harbor, Lenore Sellers, those guys are fine. I mean, again, you never say never, but uh, I'm I, you know. Uh, from what I, you know, the, the intel I gathered yesterday, the facts, you know, about the situations, um, it's probably not as bad as you think. Uh, I will encourage everybody to, to know this, and I'll, I'll say this because this is coming. South Carolina, the, the final number of people entering the portal is going to be big. 
and you are going to see the national media talk about it like like Shane Beamer is losing. <laughs> Georgia fans used to say, Mark Richt has lost control of the program. And then it got to be everything else. Like Mark Rick has lost control of the, the traffic on I-85 in Atlanta. You know, uh, people just started laughing about all that. People are going to start talking about that. And, and you gotta, you gotta be smarter than to fall, take the bait because you got to look at who actually left. And then you gotta, you gotta go player by player and say, can you upgrade? Can you upgrade? Was this guy ever going to play? Is this guy, you know, is, is it, do you keep this guy? He's probably never going to play. Uh, or, or you want him to come back or do you fill it with, uh, you know, maybe an in-state freshman that, that's promising that you just didn't quite have room for before. Keep in mind, guys, you can sign as many as you want. Now you, you don't, you, you know, you don't sign 35 guys. You can sign 35 guys. So I think what a lot of you, if we really got down to, you know, past the panic and stuff like that. And trust me, man, you know, you can ask my fiance how I reacted to the news yesterday. I do it privately, but you know, it's a, I get it, but it's an opportunity. I think if I asked a couple of you guys a week ago, like what if they flip the roster and maybe the coaching staff and I don't, I don't have any firm info on that. You know, don't, don't you think maybe after five and seven year, you're going into year four, a, a reset may do you some good. You know, especially if you're kind of getting rid of some guys that, and you could take those spots and maximize them with guys that could help. Keep in mind, this team was not very good on special teams this year because they didn't really have the depth. You know, a lot of the good players that played special teams, like Debo Williams, and he was starting. He couldn't go play. He can't. He can't play Debo 100 plays, right? Um, and so that's the deal there. Uh, and I, I, I don't. You know, I, I, I think that what you got to do is look at it as an opportunity rather than something that, that's horrible because, you know, unlike last year where you really looked at it and go, that's kind of their, you know, that's whether or not he was productive, Jordan was their, probably the best DN at the end of the year. And you lose your, your starter at tight end, your starter at running back. Um, and then another starter at the end in Gilbert Edmond, you go, man, that's, that's, that's tough. Uh, but, but I, I'm not sure that that's going to, it's going to play out that way as far as like, not just starters, but starters that have a chance to, if they take a step forward, really, really be good. A lot of these guys that, that, that are leaving that may have been starters just kind of are what they are. Not Juice Wells. He's special. And I'll admit that he's a special player that you're not going to probably find a Juice Wells in the portal. You might find, might find four guys that are really good, but, um, you know, some of these other guys, I think, uh, you know, I, I think they not nothing against them. I think they could be replaced, if not with guys that could come in and play better next year, but with guys that in a couple of years will be better, you know, if that makes any sense. So uh, I don't, I don't know. And, and no, it's not affecting recruiting at all. As far as high school guys go, we haven't seen a single D commit and they're looking to flip guys and, and high school recruiting's fine. Dylan Stewart's fine. Uh, everybody's fine. So uh, I, I don't, you know, and, and I understand the, the meltdown. I mean, you're coming off a tough season. Uh, you're coming off the loss to Clemson, which was kind of still sticks in everybody's crawl. Uh, it, there's no bowl. You know, and then all of a sudden, Juice Wells, who you've been waiting on to play all year, walks out the door. Is going to walk out the door? Of course. You know, and, and you got, I think everybody's got to get shell shock from last year. Like, well, here we go again. 
<laughs> well, I can assure you this year is not like last year, both from a uh, attrition standpoint uh, and a resources to fill the, the whole standpoint. Is South Carolina rich in NIL money? No. I'm not going to sit there and tell you that because there's a long way to go. We can't sit back and fire up a joint and celebrate yet on that the end. But it is better than last season, and there are more resources available uh, to go and not lose guys because of money that you want out of the portal. Uh, and I think if you look at, uh, you know, the guy that uh, – shoot, uh, the running back from Miami, Don Chaney, legacy. Y'all remember Don Chaney Sr.? He was a six six receiver here during Sparky Woods. Probably not. Mm-hmm. But uh, he was a five-star back out of high school. His dream was just to go to Miami. Carolina was probably second. Well, he's tired of splitting carries at Miami, so he's visiting next weekend. You know, and keep in mind these guys don't have a whole lot of time to make a decision that are coming out of the portal to here. So that that's encouraging. Will they get him? I can't guarantee that, but that's a former five star back that when he's been healthy at Miami, he's certainly done a lot of good things. So I. Uh, you know, I, 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 and I, I'm not getting on you guys for panicking. Yesterday was a crazy, crazy, crazy. It's probably the craziest day we ever had around here. Um, but rumors are one thing, reality is another. And, and, and don't get into the cycle of believing every rumor you hear. I mean, and, and don't get in the site, don't get in the social media cycle either. Because I, I swear to God, Mario Anderson put something on his Snapchat or, 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 or what is it? Instagram story one that read just like a declaration for the NFL draft. And uh, guess what? We, you know, somebody got in touch with Mario. Mario said, that's not true. Okay. Uh, you look at big trees, social media. And I think, and, and look, we've been told big tree is just like a social media jokester, like a prankster. So, so keep that in mind too. You look at big trees and it, it looks like he's leaving. Well, guess what? Made the call yesterday. He's not, he's not leaving, you know? Uh, and, and really, if you want to know, get it right down to it, for the future of the program, what you did not want to see is Lenora Sellers and these young offensive linemen leave. You know, and, and you'd prefer guys like him and Warre and Harbor and Jalen Kilgore, you know, you're kind of core guys to come back. I get it. But they're not losing any of those guys. So uh, as of now. Like I said, never say never, but as of now. So it's, um, you know, and then the Daniel Hill crystal ball thing, for those of you that still keep up with high school recruiting, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of looking promising again. And he's an excellent four-star downhill, you know, running back. Probably will remind you a little bit of Brandon Wilds. May not be quite as fast as Brandon in a straight line, but he's that big 6'1", 220 guy. So, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It is 11.22. It is December the 1st. That means Christmas is right around the corner. You can all begin. If you haven't begun your shopping or if you have and you want to continue to do that, pull up the Chief Sports app and click the Holidays tab. A lot of really good stuff in there from our partners like Rescues and Resin, Gamecock Traditions, and so many more. Just make sure you've got the app downloaded, the Chief Sports app. You can order it all right there on your phone. Just scroll any photo. Just click on the photo, and it'll take you right to the website of some of our preferred partners here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show, Charleston Fitness Equipment and others. We'll step aside for a timeout, 
and we'll come back. We've got plenty of portal hoops and college football championship game stuff to get to today over the next couple of hours. We hope you'll stick it out with us here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Chicken cock originated in Kentucky, like so many other bourbons. And so the resurrection of it, you know, Paris, Kentucky, that's the county seat of Bourbon County. So much of this whiskey was being made in that Bourbon County, put on ships and barges and shipped down to Ohio, down to Mississippi, and got to New Orleans where it got distributed all over the world. And people kept saying, well, hey, I want some more of that whiskey from Bourbon County. And so that's how Bourbon Whiskey uh, got its name. And Chicken Cock originated actually in Paris, Kentucky, which is today Bourbon County. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864 864- 414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barn Doe Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy insulation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock owned. Gamecock operated. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama. Columbia and go Gamecocks. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas everywhere you go. Take a look in the five and ten. Listening once again With candy canes and silver lanes aglow It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Toys in every store But the prettiest sight to see Is the holly that will be on your own Front door door. 11.25, welcome back inside the Gamecocks The show powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston. You don't have to be here in the low country to get one. Electricbikescharleston.com for up to $600 off your next electric bike. It might be a son, daughter, husband, spouse, whoever it may be. And your family that needs something pretty sweet under the tree this year, Electric Bikes Charleston can take care of all of that. Electric Bikes of Charleston. Electricbikescharleston.com. 
Com. Yeah, so um, kind of sticking to the transfer portal here. We've got plenty to get to today, and uh, certainly championship games, high school football, hoops, and, and beyond. But obviously, it's a pretty testy time right now with the portal. Um, let's go back, though, to something about Mario Anderson. So a couple of months ago, I don't even know if it was that long, maybe a little over a month ago, you probably heard us having a conversation around here about some information that had been uh, fed this way from the standpoint of Mario Anderson being a, a an NFL-type prospect. Now, I think sometimes that we for, we, we gotta we gotta remember something. You don't have to be a, a top two or three round, four round guy to take your crack at going to the NFL. Um, you know, when he started playing, go back to that Mississippi State game. You remember the toss sweep to the left side? He banged off a bunch of dudes, got a couple of yards out from the goal line, kind of turned his back and pushed his way into the into the end zone. Y'all remember that play? And he scored, and Trevon Ball was over there shaking his hips, doing so, a little dance. It was pretty neat. Yeah, help from his friends there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was that that was that was that moment right there was an was an eye catcher for for guys who are interested in running backs in the NFL. If you look around the NFL, there you don't see I mean, you do certainly see name brand guys, but oftentimes you see guys you've really never heard of. And you kind of wonder, who are they and why are they there? Because it, it's a totally different thing, as we all know. Like, you you could be a serviceable running back that goes to one of the best offensive lines in the league. Nobody knows who you are, and it doesn't really matter because you're going to get your yards because you're running behind the best five guys out there. Um, you know, some some places need somebody like Barry Sanders who can survive uh, because they, they can't block. And things like that, very similar to what the Gamecocks went through this year with Mario. His his personal situation is something that is certainly under consideration here. He's expecting a child this month. So congratulations to him. The greatest honor of your life is being a parent, and um, and he will be one here soon. And that's going to be priority number one. The NFL a couple of years ago, if y'all remember, raised their league minimum, and. They didn't just come out and say this, but it really doesn't take rocket science to figure it out, Phil and JC. When NIL began kicking into college football, the NFL prepared themselves to try to protect their investment, which is the guys coming from college football, right? So if college football is going to be able to pay them a bunch of money to keep them in college, well, then maybe the NFL should raise their floor to lure them on to the league. And that's what they did. So... You know, the, even if you're not a high draft pick, you could be a practice squad guy making sixteen thousand dollars a week. Do you hear me? Sixteen grand a week, a week, not a month, a week. All right. So, guys like Mario Anderson who have a short shelf life as a running back, that's that's a very lucrative game plan. You know, if if you if he decides to go. I'm not I'm not so sure that it is bad. It, it like I don't know if it'd be. If he, if he got advice to go and that's what he listened to, I personally wouldn't think that that is, quote, bad advice. I had somebody call me this morning saying that would be bad advice. I'm like, I don't know about that. You know, you, you've got to look at everything specific to the player. Now, at the same time, JC, you know way more about this than any of us do. 
I understand he's got some some excellent NIL opportunities, and he certainly could come be a feature back next year at South Carolina once again, and probably probably go make even more money. But he he's he's a guy, guys. If he left, totally understand it. If he comes back, totally understand it. I almost think he probably should go. Personally course if you're pulling for the program you would love to see him play another 12 or 13 games at carolina well so, as you know sorry for the, the, no you're good though there's a revolving door in the nfl at that position at running back and the value of it is being depressed because there are so many bodies that just get churned up and chewed up and spit out um so I, you know i don't blame a running back for for trying to bolt to the NFL ever, you know, because you're, I mean, listen, we're, we're South Carolina. (laughs) We watched Marcus Lattimore and we watched what college did to the potential that he could have had in the NFL. And nobody wants their career to end like that. And I don't want any player's career to ever end like that. So if you feel like you've got a legitimate shot to make, even like you said, JB, a practice squad, or, you know, even be a number two or a three back in, in any system at the next level, I'm all for it. Go for it. Mm-hmm. I agree. What do you that think? That is DC? normally what I say. Yeah. <laughs> and my, my concern is this. Okay. Mario. Right, so his yardage stats were fine. I mean, you know, it, 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 you look at the numbers, but you also look at the fact a lot of big runs in there. Was he consistently productive enough? That kind of thing. Uh, I, I, the, the it, it, and you worry about this. Like, where is he? You know, is he a guy like? Okay, so we knew Zaquandre White may not get drafted, but we knew based on feedback, the NFL thought he's a three-down back. He was going to get into a camp. He was going to be at least on the practice squad, which he did for a while with the Dolphins. Going to play in the preseason. He's going to get every opportunity to earn a spot. Well, where is Mario in their eyes? Okay. And I'm not talking about the opinions of other people. I'm talking about the NFL folks. Okay. Because what you get into in that situation is, okay, well, uh, all right. So all 32 teams are not necessarily wanting you to come to camp and you may end up having one option and they may have five running backs and you may get cut the second day of training camp. And then where are you going to go? Right. So, so, so that would be my question. And look, I don't know the answer. I, I don't know. I, he looks like a guy that can play in the NFL to me. Uh, always has. And taking that step like he did from Newberry to the SEC proved it. I, I thought, I mean, cause I mean, you give him a little more room this year and he's not running for, he's running for about 1100. I mean, I think if he's the if he gets the carries to do it, but uh, you know, you're right, Phil. You you nailed it. The path of a running back in that league is completely different than your quarterbacks who are signing with for sign big sign of as receiver. You know, you, you just they don't really go in the first round unless you're like B. John Robinson, good. <laughs> um, you know, uh, Todd Gurley, uh, Adrian Peterson. Uh, and even those guys, because th- they figured it out, it's a quarterback-driven league, right? Um, they still run the ball, don't get me wrong, but they, they like to throw it too, and it's it, your quarterback above all. And uh, what they do is they'll have a guy, and you'll pay him pretty good, you know, and, and he'll start for a few years. And then you have a guy on the practice squad who's third team, 
kind of sits, maybe plays special teams, whatever. Well, you know, starters contract comes up and you got to look at it. Okay. Do we pay this guy and take a salary cap hit here? Or do we let him go? Because third team is just as good and his legs are fresher. I saw it happen with the bears this year. They let David Montgomery go to the lions and uh, have Khalil Herbert who uh, played at Virginia tech. Unfortunately, I think he got hurt, uh, but then you still have Don Devonte Foreman. I mean, it's, I don't want to say it's a no name running back league, but it kind of is, you know, you kind of feel like, Oh, well. Um, and so, and yeah, like, like Rico Dowdle's stuck in the league. You know why undrafted or was Rico drafted or he was undrafted free. Agent? No, he was undrafted. undrafted. Yeah, he... and, well, same thing. Special teams guy had an injury one year back. Well, now he's, now he's about to what running back to, and the decision will be made one day with the Cowboys. Well, can he be our guy for a year or two? And and it's it's bad, you know, because it, it well sucks in that in the, that window like, you just yeah. said a year or two. Think about that for a second. That window is very short, and you you hit the nail on the head. You're exactly right. Phil's exactly we're we're all in this we're all in this together, as my man Patrick Davis says. It you it is a very short window where you can go be the guy. You know, we, we feel like these dudes are around for so long in the NFL because you, you know, a lot of, I don't, but a lot of people play fantasy football and you, know, you sit around and watch them on Sundays, whatever it is. You saw them play in college, maybe. I don't know. And so it always feels like they're there for a while. But like the, again, the, the Emmett Smiths are, that's gone. You know, Barry Sanders, I mean, like th- those dudes that played for freaking ever. Of course, Barry could have played another 10 years, chose not to. But like those feature backs for twenty years type players, they're gone, right? So, so you've got this small window, and I, I saw somebody here in the chat box just said just a minute ago, yeah, crazy Rico sticks and Kevin Harris's practice squad, and that is crazy to think about, right? Because when you look at those two, initially, like with the way we saw them at South Carolina, uh, when you look at those two, you think Kevin Harris is going to go to the NFL and he's going to play a long time. I thought that, but it goes, it goes without saying that it depends on the system that you get into. That's that's always number one, uh, and and are you healthy, and and then it depends on this thing that they call the market, right? And 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 how much are these guys willing to pay and not willing to pay certain running backs? Is it worth paying a guy that amount of money to come play in this squad and on this squad with this quarterback in this system? I mean, it is like we talk about Major League Baseball being a business, so is the NFL. So. You know, Mario Anderson has – I saw a comment just a little while ago, and I'm paying a little bit more attention to the chat box today than I did yesterday. Uh, Jason said, Mario has no NFL value at this point, free agent at best. That is completely false. You can't prove that. And and here's why. None of us can either. But you mean to tell me that there's not one of the – whatever it was, 10 or 12 teams that called the University of South Carolina about Mario Anderson that find some sort of value in him? And at minimum, that value is twelve thousand dollars a week. Yeah, okay, you just have, so, you just so, have to make sure that's where this is coming from, and not coaches at a lower level. That sure, but I mean, I, I mean, that's my concern. Again, you yeah. know, the information I have, I mean, unless it's totally false, I can't imagine this guy would be. It's not not correct. I know. Who, I probably it, know who you talked to, and I probably guess it's multiple not. NFL programs reached out about Mario Anderson this year. He's a guy that the league likes. So he has, well, he should go. He has a, he, right. And, but, you know, like uh, JC, I'm convinced this is where NIL works. Because if there wasn't NIL, he's gone. There's not, I, 
the opportunity. I mean, I'm talking about this. You stick on a practice squad for more than three weeks, I think you'd be fine. You probably should yeah. go. I mean, right. you know, and, and, and that, that's the that's the concern is that it's an insurance deal. You know, it's like, are you sure you could do that? And, and I think he can. I, I definitely I think he's good enough. I think he can go with the way he runs, his speed, uh, his power, uh, the, the fact that he just runs extremely hard. Yep. Uh, I think he'd be a special teams guy in the NFL for Absolutely. a while, too, short 100%. term. Uh, look, and he's, he's motivated. The problem is if you, if you're, if you're not really, and, and it's good. You said that JB, I was not aware of that. If there's a lot of in it, already some interest, then you're going to have your agent, assuming you don't get drafted, which I, I doubt he'll get drafted. Your agent's going to sit there and find the fit for you. They're going to look at the depth chart. Well, who do they have coming in camp? Who you have to compete against for a roster spot? What you don't want to have is some franchise that's like, Oh, what the hell? Let's bring a fifth running back in and see what he does. See what happens, and and right. then it then you get cut within two days and that's it. You know, and that was my concern. Also, what I was hearing with like who exactly was advising him. But uh we're all good with that. So yeah, if Mario goes, I'm fine. You know, South Carolina in the portal and through recruiting had to redo the running back room anyway. And uh yeah. I'm gonna sound like a fool if I'm sitting here next year and Mario is on a NFL roster. And four guys at running back gets hurt, and old Juju's out there starting again. You know, with nobody behind him, I'm gonna feel like a fool. But uh, if <laughs> if 2011 happens again, I will feel like a fool because you, you obviously want as much depth as you can have. But but South Carolina's got to redo it anyway. I think there's enough irons in the fire to where they'll be okay mm-hmm. uh, at that spot. But um, I, uh, you know, I just you know with, with Mario, I, I I'm with UJB. My concern with him specifically, not necessarily about the Gamecocks. It's about him. Yeah. As a person and an individual. I mean, you're you're talking about a guy that's overcome a ton of his life, and he's he's the, the greatest, most humble, like, absolutely good kid. I mean, we got a chance to hang out with him at the events for Carolina Rise. Uh, just a guy that overcame a lot. I mean, you know, overcame the disappointment of being, what, third team for the first game? Got in there, and when he got his shot, he took advantage of it. I admire people like that. Yeah. And, uh, well, and his know, personal story, you know, cutting hair to help pay for bills and stuff in his family. Yeah, like, man. this kid, whatever decision he makes, he has earned it. And yeah. it ain't me judging him. You do, you young yeah. man. You and, I got, I, and I got you. I, I didn't know that on the NFL guys, so that's good. But, but um, it's different. Like, I think where some of these concerns come up, let's go back to 2007. You know who I'm talking about. Like, do you remember, like, when all of a sudden Emmanuel Cook, who I like to eat Cook, we went to school together, Cook. he's going to the NFL. And I'm like, he, what are you doing? Like, you – I'm not an expert here. But, I mean, you're going to be the dude next year. Like, the dude on this defense, you're going to be the guy back there. But remember everybody else is, you know, they're all getting out of I mean, here yeah, doing their thing. Yeah. I mean, Darian Stewart left that year and or, or one of those years around there. So did Captain Munderland. Hell, Captain played ten years in the NFL, and Darian was on a Super Bowl team. Yeah, uh, I, he, Captain he was fell a seventh, into that trap. Seventh rounder, and uh, Stewart was an undrafted free agent. But Stewart, I always kind of knew would overcome. But yeah, yeah, he Cook. There was no reason for him to leave, no. and he would have come back and been a star. But during the Spurrier era, though, you know, that's one thing Will Muschamp and Shane Beamer both do a better job of, and, and it was just who Steve was. He he just. He 
in, he always believed players should get paid. Okay. He always was like, well, shoot, we're making all this money and these guys don't get anything. And so I think he was very hesitant to try to talk anyone into who wanted to go get more money into coming back. I don't <laughs> think it was that he was a jerk. I'm like, shoot, we'll win with you or without you. We don't care. No. Good, shoot. No, uh, Cause he's he wasn't really into recruiting or roster building a whole lot, you know, uh, I could actually see Muschamp doing that. Well, I got this guy coming in, so you, you better go ahead and go. Uh, but but Beamer and, and Muschamp, to their credit, you know, have done a good job of of keeping guys that need to be kept, and and it's paid off. You know, uh, I think Zach Pickens coming back in twenty twenty two helped him go from probably about a seventh rounder to about a third rounder. Unfortunately, Jordan Strong got hurt, but. If you kind of look at the way he was playing at the beginning of last year, had he played his whole season, he would have been drafted uh, probably fourth or fifth round. Whereas if he'd have left after 2021 seventh, now it's unfortunate he blew out his ACL and really wasn't the same. But you know, I, I think that uh, you know, I, I think that in my opinion, JB, you know, what whatever is best for Mario is what needs to happen uh, with this situation. Bakay says. Or bake, bake, <laughs> bake. Was he bake? I like that. French. <laughs> so, JC, why should fans keep giving their money to NIL when the players just turn around and run after they get paid? Well, how many guys has that happened to so far? Happened here. Who's turned around and run after they've gotten paid? Because we've really only had one year. Uh, so, Juice, yeah, he got hurt. That happens. You're not. You're not gonna be able to do anything about that. Uh, you're not gonna be able to do anything about. A guy get, getting hurt and then jumping in the portal. I mean, the good news is, and here's two things on this. Number one, it's not an epidemic. <laughs> you know, it, it's one guy basically this year. Uh, and, and I think it, it sticks in people's crawl a little bit that he made his NIL money and was did not produce. I mean, I don't think anybody say anything if Juice had caught 70 passes this year and was going to the NFL. Right. You, you probably expect it. So that's number one. Number two, the rules are the same for everybody. So nobody can prevent that. No school in the country can prevent something, this exact same scenario to happen. And I have not done the research, but I guarantee you it's happened. Right. That, that happened at Texas A&M a couple of years ago. And, and, and those guys weren't even hurt. They were just smoked weed in the locker room and cast your check. That's the price of doing business. And this is, I'm going to tell you this right now. This is going to happen. So if it bothers you and you want to not spend money for NIL and enough people have the same mindset as you do, you need to write a letter to the board of trustees at South Carolina and to athletic director Tanner. And you need to say, Hey, I would like to start a movement for South Carolina to join conference USA because that's where you're going to be competing. Delaware just joined the league. Hell, Jamie's got some family in Delaware. I'd love to go home and home with the Blue Hens, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. uh, Seriously, we, South Carolina dominate that conference. We don't have to worry about NIL. We could, but, but that—that's that's that's the reality of that. I mean, it's Joe not, Flacco Jr. shows up. Yeah, it, it's and 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 look, I've had some people give up, but you know what, guys, I'm not giving up, and I I I I, I think more highly of all of you. Then we just give up. Oh, God, Juice Wells left and got paid all that money. Oh, my God. And look, if South Carolina was just alone in this, that'd be fine. But it is the price of doing business this days in college football. And what you do, when you're like, well, why should we do it? And you, you start pulling money, you start giving up. Because that's what that is, is giving up. 
then, like I said, Conference USA awaits uh, because I guarantee you Alabama and Auburn and Georgia and Clemson and North, even North Carolina and school, Tennessee, schools like that, Florida. I mean, look at how many – how much money do you think Florida's lost in the portal this week? Think about the guys that have left right? and how high profile they were coming in and all the money the Gators have. Think about I mean, Juice Wells is a drop in the bucket compared to what's walked out the door of Florida. Do you think their fans are sitting there going, oh, God, I'm just going to pull my $10 now? No. <laughs> and I understand the frustration because this is all so new and people people still have to understand it. But that, that that's the choice. And, and, and look – if nobody, if we weren't all playing by the same rules, yeah, why do it? You know, maybe you should get in Conference USA. But, uh, and if it was an epidemic, you probably want to find out what the hell's wrong with your coaching staff. Because, uh, you know, it, 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 it's not like, you know, if the, the Juice Well situation repeated it, then, then it's kind of not always about all about money at that point. But for one guy, you know, don't give up. And I think you're all better than that. And I'm not going to give up on all this at all. I'm going to keep fighting for the NIL thing because I put too much into this crap <laughs> to just give up when Juice Wells leaves or if he even still leaves. Uh, and that is not what a Gamecock is. What is a Gamecock? It is a fighting damn rooster that fights to the death. And ain't yeah. nobody dead yet, folks. There's nobody dead yet. <laughs> Right. Where's Where's my man? Uh, where's my man Langston and uh, in Preston yeah. when you need him? Yeah. Haven't you read Haven't you read Just a Chicken? Just a Chicken, uh, man. At the Come end on. of it, it gives you goosebumps when you start reading it. Let's go. Like, Let's go. Screw whoever leaves. I mean, you know. Let's get Let's get some better. Let's get better. It's a chance to flip the roster. You know. Yeah. Hey. You couldn't do this a couple of years ago. You were stuck with everybody. <laughs> I mean, you know, oh, well, we're about two or three years away from being able to flip this roster. And that's exactly what the member of the Muschamp staff said when they got here. Sure. Uh, quite frankly, with those guys, they probably could have flipped yeah. it in a year if they'd had the portal. So uh, I don't know if they'd won more, but they, they, they'd had a better personnel. So I'm not giving up. I don't think you guys should give up. I think you're better than that. Uh, and that's how I feel about this all. Like, why should we do this with NIL? And, uh, you know, there's just no reason to jump off a bridge, you know, right now. No reason to do it. And and that's not y'all. That's not what this institution's all about since 1801. And uh, that's not what I'm all about. And that's not what any of you guys should be all about. I guess you guys are better than that. We need to hit one final break here in hour number one. But it is the first day of December. A reminder, get your Christmas shopping done in our Chief Sports app. Click on the Holidays tab or Check out our partnership section as well. It makes it pretty easy. Hit a couple buttons, buy it, they deliver it to your door. Don't go anywhere. Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in southern soil, are crafted by southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Welcome to Palm Casual Patio Furniture. Because we are the factory 
Calm Casual have the ability to offer the highest quality outdoor furniture paired with world-class service. Since 1979, our factory showrooms have done our best to make the buying process as easy as possible for our customers. Our understanding of the many factors that go into your decision has helped us create our 30-day trial period that increases the level of comfort our customers feel during the shopping experience. Visit us in Somerville and online at palmcasual.com. Gamecock owned and operated. Michael Campbell arrived at South Carolina in 2003 after growing up in Virginia and was dubbed the Winchester Rifle by Gamecock's great Tommy Moody in the broadcast booth. He left in 2006 a legend. A career 315 hitter and 20th round draft pick of the San Diego Padres, Campbell was first all-time in games played at bats and triples, second all-time in hits with 299 singles and total bases, third all-time in doubles, top 10 in runs scored and RBI, and he hit 31 home runs in his career for the Gamecocks. Now he's passing his knowledge to the next generation through his business, Soup's Swing Shop. If your son or daughter wants to improve their game, Soup's Swing Shop offers virtual lessons. Mike will connect with you, diagnose your swing, and create a special game plan to help improve it. Call him at 859-414-8240. Email soupsswingshop at gmail.com or find them on social media and on the Chief Sports app. Soup's Swing Shop. Play ball. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say, and so does the Barndo Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock owned and operated. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let yourself be light From now on Our troubles will be out of sight Have yourself a merry little Christmas Make the yuletide gay From now on Our troubles will be miles away Here we are, as in olden days, happy golden days of yore. Faithful friends who are dear to us, gather near to us once more. Through the years we all will be together, if the fates allow Until then, we'll have to muddle through somehow. So have yourself a merry little Christmas now. All right, final segment here in hour number one. Welcome back inside the Gamecocks. 
the show built by the Barndo Co. Uh, a couple things here, and then um, we've got uh, still two hours of plenty of content, but we'll have to <clears throat> slide back to the top of the hour in about five minutes or so. Um, uh, JC, what I, one of the things that I think is important about the portal, uh, as far as who you can and can't lose, um, you, you can find there's skill guys everywhere. And there's a lot of skill guys that develop, you know, group of five levels, things like that. And they, I mean, Juice Wells was one, wasn't he? Mario Anderson. Mario Anderson was D2. Um, So you can go out and you can plug and play with skill guys all over the place. Gamecocks have offers out to, you know, the stud wide receiver from North Texas. They got one out to the stud wide receiver from FIU. I mean, they got offers out all over the place with kids who are probably going to come in uh, and, and, and who knows, one of them might be the next Juice Wells or Xavier Leggett. I'd take Xavier Leggett personally, but you know what I'm saying. Um, where where you get in trouble is replacing the trenches. If you gotta if you gotta go out and add to what you've got or replace it, it it's 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 hard, isn't it, to go find quality depth and quality players, difference maker type players in this league at the offensive and defensive line positions. That that's that's where a school like Carolina, when you lose a player, Jordan Birch, for instance, you, you got to be able to replace him with a guy who's who's somewhere in that same category. And, and I'm not so sure that the Gamecocks were able to do that last year. They didn't. I mean, JT Gear could have been. Uh, well, two things happened. JT got hurt. Where have we heard this before? <laughs> and uh, never quite made it back. I mean, the type of injury he had, I'm surprised he played at all. Uh, and then Justin Jordan went out there and got better. Uh, I don't know how much that has to do with facing AC uh, Pac-12 teams versus uh, SEC teams, but Pac-12 is pretty good on offense. So, um, you know, uh, <clears throat> sorry, I got something in my throat. <laughs> but, well, I can uh, see the conversation. If you need yeah, it. no, it's, I'm not about to cry or anything. I'm just like uh, something in my throat right now. But uh, – you know, so so that happened, and, and so yeah. But other than that, you know, they missed on some guys they wanted. You got a guy like Terrell Dawkins, who you brought in two years ago, who never panned out. Uh, so there's misses there. Uh, you know, you you got guys like Tyreek Johnson and Jordan Strong, who have been kind of <clears throat> injured their whole career. That uh, you're just trying to to get a lot, you know, get the most out of. And then Umia Zulu was not uh, not ready. So, um, yeah. It's hard, and South Carolina has a lot of good young offensive linemen mm-hmm. that you don't want to lose because those guys are hard to replace. And, and so you're right. Yeah, I they first of all, I think that that is that's that's as bad as that line was. It's crazy to think as bad as they were this year, Phil. That re- literally with within you know I don't know three three hundred days or something like that, the whole thing could be flipped around. Um, you know, they're, they are returning a bunch of talent and experience, or at least that's as of now they are, hadn't heard anything differently. And then they're adding the best group of linemen they've ever added before. They've ne- they've never, this school, this program has never brought in the talent that they're bringing in uh, from an offensive line standpoint. Um, so it's, it's wild to think that that could be potential. I don't know if, I don't know if you would call it a strength in 24, you probably have a better crack at calling it a strength in 25, but that's a long ways away. Um, but it's certainly, you know, early returns here in December 
there is a a great chance, I'd say, that you could look at this group and say that's the most improved group on the entire football team, Phil. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Both lines, you have to. I mean, I mean, even with the attrition, if you're if you're getting and developing young talent through the traditional high school recruiting process, and then able to fill in gaps with you know avoiding injuries on you know through the portal for you know specialized talent then yeah i mean there's this is the thing is like it there's we get these these little negatives kind of just overshadow all the positivity that there is right now and i think you nailed it jb when you were like you know this is still the 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 cycle of recruiting that we're in right now is still the best that we've really ever seen when it comes to the lines of scrimmage. And that's how you win football games. Yeah. Like Carolina's basically signing Laramie Tunzel and Brandon Shell at times. Right. Right. <laughs> God, I hope they don't end up like Laramie Tunzel. But yeah, nobody's going to end up like, like Laramie Tunzel, dude. Yeah. That was that was the funniest <laughs> recruitment ever. And <clears throat> That's why Ole Miss got in trouble. They were not getting in trouble for anybody else because you could explain everybody. Kim Dietschy's brother went there. Uh, Laquan Treadwell's teammate out of Illinois went there. The rest of the guys were like highly rated in-state guys. Uh, but Tunzel was just out of nowhere. And my, how they tell us, the Georgia, Georgia staff thought they had him. They walk in there and whole family has on Ole Miss gear. And they're like, oh, well, something's, something's not right. And then years, a gas mask later and whatever. It's like, uh, but no, no. Character-wise, these guys are not Laramie Tunzel. But they, and we don't think about it because they're in-state. And I think a lot of times when it comes to recruiting, we just kind of, we're happy that in-state guys come. But we, we kind of don't understand how they fit nationally. And it's like, well, this equals yeah. this. And so, yeah, Carolina's in really good shape moving forward. We will hit a timeout. Gamecocks are on the floor tonight. They were on the floor last night. Conference championship games are being played. And uh, take a look at that wide receiver room as well. Boy, it's young and Finn. Well, There's nobody there. Anywhere. It's like, hello? 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 Just, just a bunch of, bunch of kids running around in there. We'll be right back. Down here in the south, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in southern soil, are crafted by southern hands, and proudly represent the south in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the south. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. Magnum, Velotric, Aventon Bikes, and more. And they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBikesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, 
powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course 9 or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. Not today, sweetie. One heart's breaking while another one is mending. It's all in the ebb and flow. If I had to, I could go it alone. Because you've become my home. These windows could shut into the ground. These walls could fall right down. Five. Welcome back inside the Gamecocks, the show, and welcome to the month of December, the final month of the year, championship weekend, bowl season. Most importantly, in my house always, it is also Christmas, so Merry Christmas to all of you, and um, we hope that you are getting on it. Don't be like I used to be. I don't do it anymore. Don't don't wait till December 23rd and look around and go, um, and then try to get, you know, like a, a you know, a something engraved tried that one time the lady looked at me like i had three heads she was like you know it's the 23rd right i can have it ready by somewhere around january 15th i was like 
yeah, that ain't going to work. So you take care. I'll just go buy myself a teddy bear or something. But uh, uh, make sure if you're doing Christmas shopping, uh, don't forget the Chief Sports app can help you out with a lot of that. All Especially you Gamecock fans. we got some wonderful, wonderful partners like Gamecock Traditions. You can shop their store in our app. It is that easy. GamecockTraditions.com. Uh, y'all give Vol steak a give 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 the man a break. He's spending his uh he's spending <laughs> his lunch hour with us, and uh, we we appreciate that. We appreciate that. So that's off to Vol steak for for being here on his lunch hour. Last night the Gamecocks pulled away and won sixty five to fifty eight over the twenty fourth ranked North Carolina Tar Heels, handing them their third straight loss uh, in as many games. Carolina. It was sloppy, let's be honest. It was their first really true road contest. You could tell that the heels had been ramped up and ready to go for this one. But uh, Dawn and the ladies get out of there. They survive. It was really a pretty even stat line when you stop and look at it. But um, Carolina will stay undefeated. Bree Hall with 15 points helps them move to 6-0. and And up next, they're going to stay on Tobacco Road. The Duke Blue Devils coming up on Sunday at 1 o'clock. On ABC, if they can get through that one, they'll come home for a three-game road stand, uh, three-game home stand against Morgan State, Utah, and Presbyterian. <clears throat> Let's go ahead and get in front of this. And I, I was Bill and Preston asked me this Monday morning on one hundred seven five. The game, I told them I thought they were nuts. This is a ridiculous conversation. Morgan State is an HBCU, okay. Mississippi Valley State was an HBCU. And I know mostly it's not people that are in the Gamecock fan base. Don Staley has not made a career of running up scores on teams that literally can do nothing to stop them. It is also basketball. And it is not 1960. There is a shot clock. You have to shoot the ball. And they make most of their shots. And these are called, you ready for this? Buy games. They know they're going to get their ass beat. They know that coming in. They're going to walk in. They're going to get their ass beat. They're going to take money, and they're going to go home. So anybody that thinks that Don Staley and this women's program are just trying to just show up a bunch of kids who can't play, that ain't it. Somebody said, who the hell said that? Oh, yeah, it became some little narrative. Oh, my God, this is a ridiculous Mississippi Valley oh, State. Only was... scored 19 points. Which, yeah, you know why? Because they played at the number one team in the country, and they got a huge check to do it. There is a lot more to this. Don't... That's why Dawn plays them. Because Dawn helps out the HBCUs, yeah. man. They need the check. Right. They need the yeah. money. Holy and also, smokes. no matter how th- – think. all right, so – yeah, they lost 101 to 19. <laughs> However, how big was it for those girls to come play yes. in Carolina's arena exactly. and on the big stage yeah. against no the doubt. best? Uh, the best. I can't believe um, that there's even people dumb enough to think that that was something that was happening. And Dawn, and, as far as they're yeah. making a career out of it, do they not see her schedule every year? This is, this is Dawn's. <laughs> they they <laughs> opened up with three top 10 but, teams. But that wasn't even, I, I mentioned this on with Bill and Preston. This that wasn't even the schedule that I referred to. I didn't even refer to Dawn's schedule. I referred to Mississippi Valley State schedule. By the way, they got a sweet name, the Devilettes. I think I love it. You want to know why? I'll tell you why. Here, JC, because they don't. They're an HBCU, and most of those are underfunded. Okay, 
there's only you know, I'm not, not not to get into politics, and I don't mean this, but only a few years ago, the former president was the only president in the history of this country to sign a 10 year deal with HBCUs to help fund them from a government standpoint. Y'all realize yes. that, right? Yes. Okay. So nobody had ever done this. They were doing funding every single year, and the former president, you know, okay, let me give you 10 years worth of funding. How's that sound? All right. Well, they still don't have enough money. Okay. So, so, so this Mississippi Valley State team. Anybody looked at their schedule before they started popping off on Twitter like a bunch of idiots? All right, well, here, I'll read it to you. At Utah, number five in the country. At LSU, at the time, was number one in the country. At South Carolina. And then they still have to go to Ole Miss, Texas A&M, Mississippi State, and Alabama. You think they think they're going to walk in and win any of those games? They ain't that dumb. They want the money. That's why they're doing it. Okay, so I mean, hey, you I get could to see not that. believe that that was a conversation. Venues, I mean, you know, that's that's nice work if you can get it right. Yes, <laughs> I yeah, I couldn't believe I even heard that. Like, should the game should should the Gamecocks not schedule South Carolina State in football anymore? Right, uh, I mean, right, yeah, I they're mean, doing them a favor. Well, maybe not. Like in football, they might actually lose to them. The women's basketball team isn't losing. To <laughs> yeah, you got a big, you get a big check regardless. I mean, hey, New Mexico State probably funded most of their athletic department with the check they picked up from Auburn. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes I mean, you I, win. I mean, look, I, 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 I don't know who that. said that, but that that's I, and I've heard a lot of dumb takes the last two days. Really dumb. <laughs> like people pinning the transfer portal guys on dowel logins. I'm like. <laughs> they they tried to pin uh they tried to put him on logins last year didn't work and i tried to put it on there, there's these dowel haters oh well it's dowel logins no uh, i know you're never unless you're never gonna be logins but because his name's dowel logins not garrett riley but uh you know so I've, I've heard some dumb dumb takes but Somebody's making an exception out of that and, and using the term built a career out of doing that's just I can't even believe that's like a, moronic that's a discussion. I mean, yeah. who this is who, who, what, I, I, I talked about firing up a joint earlier. Who, who, who why do you who, keep who? referencing that by the way? That's the third time in two days. Is there <laughs> something that we need to know? Like, what's going on here? Well, I guess all right. So, <laughs> I'll say, the reason there. I do it, I say that sometimes, I'll say that sometimes because it's uh. There's a there's two things. I usually say if I'm not on the air, a line from Reservoir Dogs that I can't repeat. <laughs> okay, let's not yeah. start <laughs> doing whatever. Or no, no, it's, it's Pulp Fiction. Yeah, while well, they're cleaning no. up the car. Well, let's not start doing something, something each other, each something, other. Yeah, right. gentlemen. I usually say that if we're not on the air, so I can't say that. So. In college, we, I guess we went through a pretty good dress rehearsal, and uh, this guy actually died. Ray Lee, who was my one of my directors there, he walked in. He's like, "Well, it was a good rehearsal." He's like, "But let's not start smoking weed just yet, guys." You know, uh, he's kind of a hippie, so I always kind of say, "Let's not start smoking a joint yet, guys." So that's why uh, I, I mentioned to do that. I just wanted to make um, sure that like our audience understood that you know we're like not just we we're not condoning that doing this thing. Yeah, okay. Yeah, hey, sure. get get Aaron out of the chat box. Who's Aaron? I'm, I'm not putting up with this. Uh, now, actually, leave no. him there for a second. Colin Hill. All right, so so I got pinned with this. All right, because I said he had an an NFL arm. Well, you know who else said that in the preseason when I wrote the article that I quoted yes. Will Muschamp. 
Well, he did have he did have an NFL. So, so if you want to blame somebody for Colin Hill, blame Will Muschamp. And I bet you were one of the idiots that thought they should have started Helensky, weren't you? Because you don't know anything about anything, right? You wanted to start a kid that refused to come to practice. All right, you want to start a kid that since he's left here has done squat, right? So so don't don't come at me with that ever. Yeah, that was because pretty... number one, it's wrong. Number two, you know, you, you didn't you didn't understand anything about the whole situation. Tonight in college basketball, the Gamecocks will play George Washington. They are six and zero, oh, and they'll tip off at seven o'clock. Derek Scott, of course, and Casey Manning will be on the air at six thirty. If Carolina can pull it off, they'll be undefeated going to Clemson next week. Thank God we had Mike Morgan on yesterday because he clarified the last time that both of these teams played in the top twenty-five which was that 97-98 season in which they went on to a, be a three-seed in the dance. We all know how it ended. We don't have to get into that. But uh, I'm, they're not – neither one are in the top 25 right now. Although, if Carolina wins tonight and Clemson wins at Pittsburgh on Sunday, they both – there is a small sliver because they both received votes that they could be in there next week. One could only hope and pray, boy, that would be something. And Lamont Parents' second season – uh, here in uh, in Columbia. So they'll play tonight at 7 o'clock. It is, what are they calling it, quarter zip season? I didn't even That's think great. about it when I put on my Nike pullover today. So, uh, mm-hmm. hey, Lamont, if you're watching, I got you, dude. Uh, we, we've got Q-zips here in the upper right-hand corner of ITG. Uh, also tonight, in co- this could be a actually really neat night in college basketball. You've got a top-five matchup. Fourth-ranked UConn is on the road at fifth-ranked Kansas at 9 o'clock on ESPN2 in Allen Fieldhouse. Kansas only a two-and-a-half-point favorite. And and then watch out here, all right? Any of you that get the Big Ten Network, however you subscribe to your television, top-ranked Purdue is on the road in the backyard of one J.C. Schubert. Evanston, Illinois, to take on Northwestern, who is five and one on the year. They are only five and a half point dogs at home to the top ranked Boilermakers. Could the Wildcats of Northwestern pull off a stunner on the first of December? Keep an eye on that ball game tonight. And Chris Collins still the coach there at Northwestern. I think he is. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, so. What is it? What's the arena called at Northwestern? I don't know. Northwestern Northwestern Arena. Oh, I don't know. I have no. Daichi is their stadium or, or whatever. But, uh, we, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they've got, they've done well at Northwestern in basketball last couple of years, but uh, yeah, the Big Ten's already playing. The ACC plays. Uh, does Clemson play Miami before they play Carolina? I, I know it's on the schedule next Pitt. week. But... No, they play Pitt at Pitt. Yeah, Pitt. Pitt. Mm-hmm. Does he so, listen? Yeah. Twenty. Um, or do well, I they talk play, to don't that? they play twenty conference? Is it twenty or something? I don't know. Yeah, don't but care. they they always play yeah. the eight. The way that the ACC schedules is, um, they always play one early, like during the non-conference schedule, and then they replace that later in the season with a with a non-conference game. You, do, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, they do play that in that random one. Like like this Saturday, ACC plays. Like you've got you've got Clemson on Sunday at Pitt, but on Saturday you've got. Notre Dame at Miami, Syracuse at Virginia, Florida State at North Carolina, Duke at Georgia Tech, NC State at Boston College. Like the ACC slate 
starts early, but then they go back into non-conference it's, and they kick back in in January. It's the Irish that play at Miami. See, I wasn't just making that up. I was looking at Notre Dame's schedule. So, um, yeah, anyway. And, look, I'm fully in agreement. Decarian Joyner, in hindsight, I think everybody would agree, in 19 after Bentley went down, play Joyner. <laughs> Take your chances. <laughs> why are He'd we have done a lot. Why are, hey, hold on. Why Why is this a comment? This has nothing to do with anything. Why are we talking about this? Not I'm not directing this at you. Who brought this up? Go away. Go away. Do something I, else. I, somebody brought up Colin Hill, Hill and people, people give a crap about, about that. Like, go away. And it's wrong. It's fake news. It's right, fake we, news. We've got an agenda here. Colin, played, we're stick our agenda. Ca- Colin played okay. Jesus. LSU. I mean, he wasn't. You take that crap in some chat room somewhere else. Uh, met, people were just board, like, Halinsky, Twitter, Halinsky, Halinsky. And they didn't know the whole story. So they Trash Mike Bobo. Well, I'm stop. I'm stopping. Say, yeah, no, we're, not, same, we're not getting into anything. Mike so Bobo that, that conversation Bobo. is over. I'm done with it. I'm done. I'm done. done. I'm done. But I will say, I, I do agree now, and I didn't probably wouldn't have at the time, but seeing what DeCarion could do at quarterback the couple times he played, it probably could uh, probably could make a make a, an argument. But uh, yeah. Anyway, DeCarion's off to to wherever, and uh, we certainly wish him. The best to carry on is a unbelievable, unbelievable dude. All right, uh, we will step aside for a quick timeout. Some breaking news in college football. We'll get to that into championship games, the portal, and more when we return. Hey, folks, it's JB, and as we all know, it's football season. My favorite place to shop for myself and the family is Gamecock Traditions in Lexington. They have the widest selection of Gamecocks attire, plus all the cool accessories for tailgating, cooking, kids, shoes, hats, and so much more. Most importantly for me, you can order online at GamecockTraditions.com, and it's shipped timely to your door. I've been shopping here for years, and I hope you will too. Order online right now on the Chief Sports app. Go Gamecocks. Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're on Medicare currently or approaching eligibility, it's time to enroll in the Medicare plan that meets your needs. Palmetto Medicare is here to help you through the process. Palmetto Medicare's owner, Brian Spencer, and his team of experts are here to assist you. Learn about the benefits and enroll in the plan that will cover as many of your medical costs as possible. Some of the advantages of Medicare health plans may include variety of plan choices, increased benefits, lower premiums, and more. Give Palmetto Medicare a call to discuss your insurance and help get the exact coverage for your needs today. Nana's Porch, nanasporch.com. At Nana's Porch, they cater weddings, parties, and all kinds of special events. Their meals are served buffet style in seconds. They're encouraged. Plus, they can bring their mobile food unit to bring on-site and serve your guests as a unique alternative for your catering needs. Inquire about rentals as well. Nana'sPorch.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 336-259-7550. 
South Carolinians, this message is for you, as well as for people in Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee. If you think you may need work done to your roof or a new roof altogether, there's one simple name to remember, Elite Roofing and Restoration. South Carolina native Jeremy Johnson has been helping people in the South make sure they have the very best people checking on and building new roofs for over 25 years. Fully licensed, bonded, and insured, they provide the best service possible. Call or email today, 678-781-1998. That's 678-781-1998. Or you can go to EliteRoofing.com. GA.com. Schedule a no-hassle free inspection today. Wind damage, hail damage, or just wear and tear. Don't settle for second best. Let Jeremy Johnson and Elite Roofing and Restoration take care of it all for you today. Tune for one JC Schubert in Chicago, ah. Illinois. Welcome back, twelve twenty three here on That's Inside the Game Cucks. Against uh, the hey, wind by Bob Seeger. Uh, I wake up to every day. You know, Bob Seeger, uh, he's a guy mm. Eric Church has built a lot of his career off of Bob Seeger. He's a big Bob Seeger fan. Uh, sometimes you forget how talented Bob Seeger was until you go back and actually listen to Bob Seeger and you're like, Oh my god, this guy. Why is his name not always coming up? If you, you throw it, on like a best, of, like you'll get through the hits, and then you'll like throw like someone calling like Fire Lake, and you're like, "Wow, I forgot about that song." It is a great yeah. song. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, everybody knows Hollywood Nights. It's see, against the wind. I think number one, it's got a lot of meaning whenever you're trying to get up and motivate yourself. Yeah. But number two. If you ever, like, I think it's because it was in Forrest Gump, and I'll get to Like a Rock here in a second, because that was in a Chevy commercial. I think because Against the Wind was in Forrest Gump, we all, like, just there against the wind, and we just think of Forrest because he keeps running, and we think of that uh, Have a Nice Day t-shirt, uh, and it happens and all that, and that scene from that movie. Mm-hmm. Do you ever listen to the lyrics of Against the Wind? I mean, uh, dude, it's it's a deep cut. Seems like mm. yesterday, but it was long ago. Long Janie was young. She was the queen of my nights. Turn her down and watch her. <laughs> and the seats that we shared, the, the mountains that we moved. I mean, dude. Uh, and then Like a Rock, too, is almost kind of the same, like, I mean, yeah. I mean, and it was in that Chevy commercial. So I was like, I'm always thinking of a truck. But when you really listen to the lyrics, it, it's it's about like being a man and you know getting older. And it's 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 got so much. Roll me away is a great song, by the way. She looked. Stepped in the I, back of my car. Bar and to the bar with a brew. She told me what I was gonna do. And I looked into her eyes, and she said, "Whoa, roll me away! Won't you roll me away tonight?" That's about just being out on the open road. A turn the page is a god. I mean, 
I could talk all day about Bob Seger. That old Rock 101 in Upstate. <laughs> I know you could, Eddie, and thanks for asking. <laughs> block of Bob on Rock, rock 101 is still on the Upstate of South Carolina. It's probably the one of my dad used to listen to it, all classic rock, and it sucks now to listen to it because it's like classic rock. Here's Skid Row and Guns N' Roses and and Smashing Pumpkins. And I'm like, that's now classic rock. Makes you feel but it's still the old awful. stuff. It's still Led Zeppelin. It's still Led Zeppelin and all that, man. And it's like my dad used to listen to it, Marshall Tucker, all that. And they would play a block of Bob. And it was uh, it was amazing because you get four songs of uh, Bob Seger back to back to back. I'll be I'll be honest with you. His and and then I want to get to some news out of the college football here. But sure. his um, my favorite Bob Seger song is "You'll Accompany Me," God, and I mean, just every time I hear it, I just want to hear it over and over and over again. And uh, there's a movie that just came out, maybe like a month ago or something, on Netflix. It's it is pretty funny. It's kind of silly, but I really enjoyed the movie. It's called No Hard Feelings with Jennifer Lawrence. Um, if you haven't seen it, you, you know, Oh, that, Oh, we just watched that. That, oh, that was funny. It was funny. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, that was hilarious. Yes. <laughs> anybody that hadn't seen it, she's hired to kind of like date this kid. Who's kind of, kind of a introvert to put it politely. So anyways, I don't know. You just have to go watch it. Um, but th- th- that song plays at the end of it. It plays at the end of the yep. movie. And I was like, Oof. I literally rewinded it just so I could listen to the song again. Um, so yeah, that's a they, they, nice job by Jennifer Lawrence on that movie, by the way, it was very well done. And, um, and, uh, what's his name? The dad in that movie, Phil, um, Matthew Broderick, Matthew Broderick. Broderick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matthew Broderick he, was the he could play so many roles. JC, have you not seen this movie? No hard feelings. No, I'm about to watch it now. Oh, you yeah, need, need to, to watch check it. that one out. Oh, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really funny, man. It's really funny. I Matthew mean, it, Broderick is. It's kind of best actors of our time too. Like it, it's kind of sad, but not sad. You know what I mean? Like, it, but at the end, it's got a really good, got a really good yeah. meaning to it. So, um, all right, uh, college it'll football. Okay, good. That's good. It'll, yeah, 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 yeah. It'll. Uh, it moves you. Yeah, it's compelling. It's compelling. There you, you, you can, uh, you understand it. You'll get it. You'll get it. Um, uh, some news out west. The Mountain West has announced football a football scheduling agreement with both Oregon State minus DJ Ukulele and Washington State. By the way, Ukulele is being rumored to Florida State and Oregon. What world are we living in? The rival of his former team and the rival of his mm. new team, but whatever. What do I know? Man. Uh, the Mountain West Conference announcing that those two programs, the pack, the two-pack or the pack 12 whatever they are beginning in 24 we'll have this agreement with the mountain west so next season all 12 mountain west teams will play seven traditional conference football games and in addition to one contest against either washington state or oregon state for that eight game total of course it'll be four and four or home four and away so i think that's the best that they could do i guess the and I understand it. It makes all the sense in the world. I love the Mountain West. I'm a big fan of that league. Um, I think that it will only continue to get better. I think, guys, the the next question that you ask is, at what point in time are they just going to just combine? You know, like. Well, yeah, you got to figure this is West. step one. Yeah, this this is step one for the Mountain West and, and the, the remnants of the Pac-12 coming back together the Tupac 
because you got to set those football schedules soon. Yeah. yeah. You know, you can't, you can't wait because that, that's going to be a lot of legality and paperwork and, uh, forming a new conference. And then, you know, that, that, that who gets oh. the PAC 12 money is still in litigation. So this I is the logical. Yeah, I think so too. I, I, I wonder, look, I think that this league, Jason, you've been high on, on, um, on, on how, how do you pronounce them? Un, Unlova? Oh, UNLV. Uh, you've been, you, you've been. I was like, where's he going with this? <laughs> uh, sorry, man. I, I just. Yeah, trying to pronounce Uyagalili again. I was like. <laughs> DJ, DJ Ukulele? No. DJ, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, one of the, I'm one of the few that figured that thing out from the get-go. Uyagalili. Uh, I wanted to make sure that I was right about it. But, um. But I mean, with you know UNLV again, uh, you know, w- with with what they've done out there, and the improvements are nine and three. Um, you've got the, you've got a traditional program like Boise State. You know, Wyoming. Uh, you know, Craig Bowles been there forever, but it's a it's a good spot. I mean, it really is. Um, I don't know how long he'll hang around. Fresno State is a football program that certainly has picked it up over the years. Um, Air Force, you know, that's a, what a neat program that is. Um, San Jose State is a program that's gotten things going in the right direction. You never know when Colorado State's going to kind of pop off. Utah State has had their moments over the last few years. So so there's depth in that league, right? And then you bring in Oregon State and you bring in Washington State. Now, if you're either one of those programs, it seems a little beneath you, and I could understand why. You've been a part of the Pac-12. And now all of a sudden you're going to the Mountain West. This doesn't make any sense, but it does. And um, and so I, I think that's got a chance to be a, a pretty neat league in the long run. I don't know if they would add to it or try to add to it, but I like uh, I like um, I like it. That's for sure. Here's the choice. I mean, really, it's a kind of an adapter die type of thing. And you look at the Mountain West, and like they like right now. You you think Boise? It's Boise State, you know. You know, but you got a, a lot of this at, at this point with where they are with the pack two or the two pack. You have to kind of look at, at population uh, demographics and, and, and trends. Uh, Idaho is the fourth fastest growing state in America because there's so many people pouring out of California, Nevada. Is a pack uh, is a top ten growth state. Uh, for years, there have been people poured into the Vegas area from California to escape what ridiculously high taxes and all that. Um, you know, San Diego State is a program that's uh, in a good TV market. That's in Southern California. San Jose's in Northern. Fresno's kind of in Central. So, so you get those TV eyeballs so to speak, you know, Air Force has a national following. It's not as big as Navy or Notre Dame or BYU, but it's there. Uh, so you start kind of looking at and you also have, you know, what I call flagship schools, you know, the University of Nevada, Reno. Um, Colorado State is a big school. It's not CU, but it's a big school. Um, Wyoming, your boys. That's the University of Wyoming. So you, you kind of have a nice blend of emerging markets versus mm-hmm. 
you know, the school in a particular state, you know, even though there's not, they're not high population states. Uh, and so I think they can get there. You know, I, I think, I think they can get there. I so I, 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 uh, uh, yeah, it, I think short term, they're going to probably try to relegate those guys to group of five, just to be honest, because the, the big 10 and big 12 and sec and ACC will probably not want to give them an auto birth, but I do think long-term that, that could be a hell of a, of a Western league. Um, you know, and, and then you kind of look around and you go, what, what are they? These these are four. Um, I, I think the big the teams that left for the Big Twelve are going to be fine. I think the Big Ten schools. I think we're going to get five years into this. The people they're going to be kind of like Nebraska, going, "What the hell did we get into here? Why are we? Why are honestly, we dude. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're cashing checks, but I mean, you know, it, it, it's a different, completely different style of football. I, I you know, I, I don't, I don't, I, I just, I, I kind of don't feel confident about. Uh, about those, I think, the, like I said, the big tw- like the Arizonas and Colorado and Utah, uh, I think they'll be fine. But uh, the rest of them, don't know. Well, you almost wonder if, like the Mountain West, if there if there is another merger on the horizon out there where they could merge with somebody, like for instance, like Conference USA. Conference USA is an interesting league because you've got Liberty and you know Western Kentucky and Middle Tennessee. Um, you, you got those like that little group there, right? And then you got Florida International, which is do I have to say it in Florida? And then you got UTEP, San, uh, Sam Houston State schools out there in Texas. Um, you got you know La Tech, of course, that's in Louisiana, Jacksonville State, in Alabama, and then you got New Mexico State, and New Mexico State really more fits in with like the Mountain West or you know, something along those lines. And so you, you want, and there's only nine teams in that league. So like you wonder if, if, if those guys, um, if even somebody like the, like, um, like the American, the Americans are really good league. Like, would there be a merger out there? Um, would there be a merger out there where you could, hold on to, and this is something we'll come back to in a little while as well, conference championship games, hold on to some small, uh, like if you could split it up into four different regions, you get, you get this big conglomerate, you know, this big deal where you can get a big TV deal. You see what I'm saying here? And you can, instead of going to one conference versus two conference or one division versus two division, whatever it is, you split it up where you make your own little four-team playoff essentially to try to find a champion there. At the end of the day, it's really not about getting into the college football playoff, although the, the winner of that probably would in a 12 or 16 team playoff. At the end of the day, it's more about drawing a large television contract, right? Because that's kind of where we are. So if that's where these schools are and needing to survive, essentially, why not kind of create your own little league as big as you can get it if there's a TV deal that will be waiting on you out there? Yeah, it's about the TV dollars. I mean, the American has some teams that, if you wanted to create another national conference, I mean, they're, they're kind of, I mean, there's some attractive teams. I mean, Tulane is one that gets brought up a lot. Memphis is obviously one, South Florida, USF. So, uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's interesting to think about. Um, 
Yeah. I don't know. You know, if you got something that big, it almost seems like a group of five, a bottom group of five that maybe needs its own playoff. I, I don't know. Uh, it's just one of those things that, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens moving forward. I'll just, I'll just say that. I, I, I think we need though, JB, in, in college. I think we need a West Coast league. Quite frankly, yeah. uh, I, I think you need a, a league that's kind of all west of the Rockies and maybe dips into Texas or something. I, or, I like that. You know, they're going to have one. It's going to yeah. come back in like fifteen years. Yeah, we. I mean, everything is cyclical, right? Mm-hmm. Like, 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 like. Again, this is another conversation we're coming back to here in just a minute. In just a little bit, conference championship games and whether they'll matter and things like that. There's some talk mm-hmm. out there about that, but, but, this, you know what? Y'all know what's coming, right? It's 2023. In like 2033, maybe before that, I don't know. But I'm going to go with 10 years down the road. We're going to all of a sudden hear some report one day. You know, uh, the SEC and the ACC and the Big Ten and all these other, you know, big old leagues out there with 15, 20 teams. They are thinking about this new concept called divisions. You wouldn't believe it. They're going to have divisions, and then they're going to take the winners of those divisions, and they're going to play in a conference championship game. You ever heard of that? Well, as a matter of fact, Phil, they did that from 1992 until 2020, you know, God knows what. So, like, you know, all this crap comes back around. They act like they've reinvented the wheel. It's like the, you know, the women that walk around with holes in their jeans. You know, they did that 50 years ago. They got rid of them because it didn't look good. The 90s, man. We did the you know, money, so, dude. Um, no, 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 no disrespect to all the lovely ladies out there with holes in their jeans. My family does it too, and I joke with all of them. But I'm just saying, it, everything's cyclical and it all comes back. So we're going to see it again. Um, and I, I'm, I'm a, and, and I'll tee this up, and we'll hit a timeout and come back to it. I'm a believer in conference championships. I think that's what makes college sports unique. I think that's what makes college sports unique. So we'll hit a timeout. There's actually a call. I, I think JC, you had posted that on the Big Spur. It was, a, it was well. an email I got from Front Office Sports with um, yep. interesting uh, talk about that. So I love Front Office Sports. It's a great website for those that have never uh, checked it out. So we will <clears throat> hit a timeout. We're always right here in the Signorama Studios. Cannot thank Matt and his team enough. They are the preferred sign partners, Gamecock Athletics, and they are certainly ours as well. We'll be right back. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Charleston Fitness Equipment is keeping South Carolina in shape. Clients have come from all over the Palmetto State to find that one piece of equipment that they enjoy that keeps them looking and feeling good. Whether it's a home rower, treadmill, elliptical, free weights, a home gym, or something else, Charleston Fitness Equipment keeps the mirror smiling back at you. Get in shape like the Gamecocks do. Visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com. Gamecock owned and operated and proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Cold Joe here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight out the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. 
It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget, Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well, and they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online, nanasporch.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O, signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. For chicken cock, we get a medium to medium plus toast, the char level. We use a number three level char. If you char too deep, you start burning away some of those flavor components that you just created. If you just char a barrel and you don't toast it, you're going to create some of those flavors just on a thin layer just inside the char, but not the actual depth and full extent of flavors uh, that you're going to get if you toast it properly. All those elements, that's exactly what they do. They boil down to great flavor. If you're in the real estate market in the low country or even in the Midlands, please contact me, JB, with Coast to Coast Realty SC. Go Gamecocks. This break is presented by Billy G's Carolina Barbecue, the state newspaper's 2023 winner for best catering, best barbecue, and best food truck. Visit BillyG'sCarolinaBarbecue.com for all of your catering needs. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to everyone. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Call the turkey, turn the ball game on. Make bloody Mary's, cause we all want one. Send somebody to the stop and go. We need some celery and a can of baked snow. A bag of lemons and some diet sprites. A box of tampons, some Salem lights. Hallelujah, everybody say cheese. Merry Christmas from the family. I didn't watch that one before I played it. That's the first time I saw that one. So. I worked hard on that. I, uh, when I saw Merry Christmas from the family, I was like, okay, so I know what song it is. But uh, excellent job with the photos. Man, I missed it. I was looking at my phone. Oh, God. man. Yeah, you have to catch tomorrow. I'm playing that one every day for tomorrow. I uh, I worked hard on Might that. Play man. Later. Might play later. When I, when I uh, started putting it together, I said, I'm going to have to show some of these and then re-edit in Zoom so people don't just, you know, I know people don't understand what goes into all this, and I get it, but, like, sometimes you got to shove it in their face so they can see it. You know, those are real photos of real American families. At, uh, I remember when life looked like that. Yeah. <laughs> life was, you know, everything looked grainy back in the uh, early 80s and uh-huh. late 70s and all that. That was just, that wasn't just the technology. That's just how life was. That's you know. that's uh, yep. Times have yeah. times have changed. Well, we mentioned New Mexico cigarette smoke. <laughs> yeah, right. By the way, uh, cl- clarification on Cheney. He, he's not visiting this weekend. It's next. Next is where next they're going to have a bunch of yeah, visitors next, in yeah. next weekend. Yeah. 
Uh, but this weekend, though, there will be college football beginning tonight at 7 o'clock on the CBS Sports Network. Uh, we just mentioned this to both of these programs. The Conference USA Championship is being played at home for Liberty. They're 10.5-point favorites in Lynchburg, New Mexico State, making the trip back across the country. They've got 12-0 Liberty, coached by Jamie Chadwell, formerly of North Greenville, Charleston Southern, Coastal Carolina, and now he's up there uh, in, uh, in at Williams Stadium in Lynchburg. So uh, that's going to be a game uh, to keep an eye on tonight. Can Liberty finish the regular season, so to speak, undefeated? And then where will they go from there uh, if they can? Uh, Oregon and Washington tonight at 8 o'clock on ABC. Look, guys, I'll be honest with you. Um, alongside Georgia and Alabama, although I don't think they'll score as many points, I think this could be the most fun bowl game. I mean, uh, conference championship game being played over over the next two days. What do you all think? Where is this game? Vegas? Oregon, Washington. Isn't it Vegas? That's correct. It's in, at Allegiant yeah, Stadium. Yeah. Or uh, Oregon, by the way, down to uh, just – well, not just, but they're nine-point favorites, down a half a point from yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's something well, – that line still doesn't sit right with me, but, yeah. It was such a classic the first time, but I, uh, I think you. Oregon's better than they were, especially on defense. Washington's been kind of living dangerously, you know, but they, they've pulled some out, like Oregon State at 22-20, to 20, and now they – uh. And what in the Apple Cup was very, very competitive. I don't know. I don't know, brother. I don't know. It's a, yeah. it's a weird line. I, yeah, and and I, I think it's tantalizing to take Oregon. Tantalizing. But in this game, think about this. These rematches in the Pac-12 title game have not gone the way of the team that lost the first time. I think the last two years, Southern Cows lost to Utah. And I think the year before, Oregon lost to Utah. Mm-hmm. And, and got beat. Shoot, Utah won three, uh, three straight. <laughs> but they did, yeah. So um, I don't know. I and mean, that's a strange things happen in Vegas, right? Yeah, they do. Um, I, I'm. We talked about this yesterday. I, I just, I didn't see it. I didn't see the nine. Po- but I, I will say this: as you pointed out, JC, how much better Oregon has been playing since they were defeated by the Huskies earlier in the year. Um, and how about Bo Nix, man? All right, mm-hmm. this, this cat was just, I mean, <laughs> constantly criticized about how bad he was at Auburn. I mean, fans just, just, I mean, they wrote him like secretariat. It was unbelievable what he was going through there. He's thrown 37 touchdowns this year. He's 94 yards shy of eclipsing the 4,000-yard marker, but that's none of, that, none of that's the most impressive. He's thrown two interceptions all year long. Two. Yeah. That's it. I don't know what type of pro prospect he'll end up being, but it's safe to say that that Bo Nix has had, I mean, definitely a Heisman. So I don't know if he wins the Heisman or not, but he's had that type of year for sure. Well, yeah, and it just shows you too, man, like, look, fans have to understand this, and they, they do it when they – and I'm not talking about Carolina's offensive line. I'm not talking about the MASH unit this year, right, which was bad. But they do it a lot talking about the O-line in this league and the SEC. Oh, and every fan base, oh, our O-line's terrible. It's not that your O-line's necessarily terrible, man. It's that the defenses you're going against are stupid. 
good. <laughs> I mean, they are stupid good. That's why Bo Dix didn't put up more numbers at Auburn. I mean, I remember him pulling a game like by him. Auburn had not beaten LSU on the road in 20 years. And it, this was the heart. This is the first Harson year. And Mike, Mike Bobo was the OC down there because I remember kind of following up with him afterward. But look, man, I mean, Bo Nix by himself beat LSU on the road. That's how good that guy was. I remember watching him play the first time. I remember his dad playing Patrick Nix. Patrick Nix was Terry Bowden's quarterback when they went to the Swamp one year and beat a really good Spurrier-led Gators team. Mm-hmm. With I think Stephen Davis was on that team too. But uh, so look, it, uh, it it sometimes it depends on competition. I mean, look at Marshawn Lloyd, and then I mean you know it, it's just it's just one of those things. But I remember the first time Bo played, true freshman, won the job. Malzahn was there. Led Auburn back from, I think, 17 down to win the game in Dallas. Guess who they were playing? The Oregon Ducks. So how about that? Yeah, you pretty know, neat. From that, from that moment where a star was born that day down on the Plains, right? And then later they're like, I don't know that T.J. Finley's not better than Bo. <laughs> and then he gets hurt. And, right. and luckily Carolina didn't have to face him in 2021. They did face Finley and won. And then look at him. He started over a uh, new system out there, and uh, he he's special. He's a special player, and I'm happy for him because that guy outside of Jake Bentley when he was at Carolina, that guy took more crap as a quarterback than, than any SEC quarterback I can remember. So yeah, I and that's what happens in this league. I mean, you know, these a lot of these guys unforgiving, can leave. unforgiving. Yeah, what do you yeah. think a guy like Spencer Rattler would have done in Oregon? <laughs> or anywhere in the Pac-12, just to be honest. Look, dude was going to Arizona State. Here's what's very interesting about it. He was going home. Boy, good thing he to, didn't, to, right? To play for – you play to win the game. Yeah, oh, oh Hermie. And Did you see the video? Cheers. Did you see the video of him being fired when he walked? I had never seen the actual video. Yeah, they just fired him right down the off field. the field. And he, he took it like a man. He's, they okay. finally like got rid of their athletic director. Finally, he's an uber clown. And their their president, though, he's like, and this is where academics and, and athletics kind of combine. Like Arizona State's always been this party school, and their president got there, and he's kind of a forward thinking guy. Uh, he got him into on, the online college and stuff. So Arizona State technically has a hundred thousand students now. They're bringing in all kinds of money. They've That's raised crazy. their educational standards. They're an AAU school now. Arizona State, forgot you used to be able to get in there with a driver's license. But he's just a clown when it comes to athletics. <laughs> and so he hired Anderson, who's another clown, and, and 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 they hired poor Herm, and he loses home to Eastern Michigan, and he just took it like a man and got fired. Uh, well, you know, the reason Spencer didn't go back was that Jaden Daniels said he was coming back. Right, and so Spencer's like, ah, you know, and look how good Daniels is doing at L. Daniels is in the mix for the Heisman at LSU. Yeah, probably should. And, win and, and so Spencer comes to Carolina, and the next thing you know, about six weeks later, Daniels hits the portal and goes to LSU. Yeah, <laughs> poor Sun Devils. But uh, so that's interesting too. I mean, you never know uh, what it. What if Daniels had a left and Spencer does go to ASU, and how would he have done? Would would that have saved? Hermie's job, I don't know. They were kind of going on probation anyway. But he'd have to Ricky Pearsall to throw to. There's a name we all love, right? Ricky Pearsall. I 
Yeah, I, it would have been I, – I, I think that uh, his – first of all, I think had Spencer gone back to Arizona State, uh, he would not have been playing college football here in 23. Right. I think he would have left last year and gone to the NFL. I think he would have got the hell out of there as quickly as he could. Um, so probably a good thing that he uh, that he came to play here. But, um, yeah, it's, the Pac-12 numbers are silly. They're silly. when. They, hey, that Heisman thing, by the way, I think that um, – Jaden Daniels, just because you brought him up, probably had you, and hopefully you didn't, but if Heisman voters, had you just cast your vote, you know, into the season, you could have made the argument. But the top two, it's it's crazy. Like tonight, again, if you, to hype this game up a little bit more between Oregon and Washington, these are the top two passing leaders in college football. And Penix and Bo. And Bo Nix by seven yards. Bo Nix has got him by seven yards. And then there's Jaden Daniels right behind him and Cam Ward at fourth. By the way, Cam Ward just entered the transfer portal from Washington State. He's from Look. Texas, so keep an eye on that. Auburn. Look out for Auburn there. Yeah, or A&M. Or A&M. Yeah, uh, you know, so, by the way, somebody mentioned K.J. Jefferson earlier. I just want to repeat myself. It's not happening. Uh, unless K.J. Jefferson just said, now come for the scholarship only, no NIL guarantees. It's – uh, it, nor should it, you know, I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of one of those where it's unfair if you bring him in because I compare him to Lenore Sellers and Lenore's is better. And I know some of you don't believe me and that's fine. You can not believe me all you want, but, uh, I don't, I think you'd have a hard time. I, I, I think what they will do though, and I did confirm this and reported it on big spur. They are going to get a portal quarterback. It's just not going to be a guy like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they need a guy that you know, in insurance policy type. So, uh, so, so look for a new quarterback, but uh, don't, don't, it's not going to be a guy like KJ Jefferson. Yeah. I was going to ask, cause we didn't get, we didn't have you in there in the discussion when we were talking about KJ and he first came up, but you know, do you think that the portal acquisition is going to be something a la a dual threat like that so that you can maintain the consistency of the offensive scheme because obviously it's going to be something that's built around Lenoris. Although, I mean, I'm not yeah. saying Lenoris is nothing but legs because we've obviously seen this kid's got yeah. an arm. Too. <laughs> There'll be some quarterback run game next year. You know, Luke Doty can handle that. It just mm-hmm. kind of depends. Like, all right, so so this year, South Carolina obviously didn't need their backup quarterback. And that's the way it is most years. But you never know, <laughs> right? Especially around here, you, you got to make sure you got to cover your base. I, you know, and I, I have a hard time thinking this would happen. But Grayson McCall's names come up a couple of times. I don't see it. I don't, don't either. Don't either, brother. I'm with you. I said I, I qualified it. S- same, same um, situation. I mean, KJ Jefferson is a guy. If you can take him, you take him. But then you bring in the the NIL thing that you're talking about, JC, like if there's no strings attached, same thing with Grayson McCall. Oh, we want, I want to come there and compete for the job. Absolutely. Come on. We'd love to have you. That's only going to make everybody better, but, but you're not giving them a bunch of money. I know. And everybody's talking about like, Oh, well you're starting a freshman quarterback next year. Well, yes and no. I mean, you're starting a really a second year guy. I mean, and and this is pretty common. Uh, Oh, Bryce young. In Alabama, he started his second year. Connor Shaw started his second year. Connor did not have the benefit of the play less than four games. I think he played in two. 
you know. Uh, you know, around here, uh, Anthony Wright took over as a redshirt freshman. Todd Ellis took over as a redshirt freshman. This this is not a crazy, like, this is not like a big gamble starting a guy that's in his second year, especially when he's really, really good. And he may not have had five stars by his name, but I think if a lot of people had it to do over again, he would have. So don't, 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 you know, don't, 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 don't spit on what you got, right? Don't, don't I mean not spit on, but don't discount what you got here, right? Well, what we've got to do is step aside for a timeout. Hour two is in the books. We've got one more to go, and then we're off for the weekend, just like all of you. We sure hope you're going to stick it around, stick it out with us here today. Thank God for my friends at Charleston Fitness Equipment, Michelle Wilkins, the rower. Losing weight, staying in shape, feeling good. Get the sweat in, JC. You're up there. Yep. Speaking of Washington, we're up there on Lake Washington just rowing along. 20 minutes, 30 minutes, don't even know you're doing it. I guess Xavier, Xavier yeah. Short's in the portal, so that's uh, it's not a surprise to me. He, he, he's probably going to go where he can play. I have plenty to get to. Everybody hang tight. Inside the Gamecocks, the show, part of the Chief Sports Network. We'll be right back. The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you. Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today. This holiday season, you can give a gift like never before. Hey guys, it's JB. Rescues and Resin produces custom-designed wood and resin products. From tables to wall art, coasters to cutting boards, and pretty much anything you can dream Proud Gamecocks and veteran-owned, Dustin and Tabitha are creating products that will blow your family and friends away when they take the wrapping paper off this Christmas. Check them out in the Chief Sports app now to get your custom order in before it's too late. Rescues and Resin are also proud supporters of Carolina Rise and proud partners of the Chief Sports Network. Rescuesandresin at gmail.com or in the Chief Sports app is where you can find them. Change your gift-giving game today by ordering a custom design through our friends Tabitha and Dustin and Rescues and Resin. My company is Billy G's Carolina Barbecue. We are based in Columbia, South Carolina. And we have two lines of sauces and a spice rub. I mean, when people try our product, they know it's a gourmet product and it can go on any type of food. It's not surprisingly delicious. It's expectedly delicious. The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you. Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today. Peace and 
Final hour of Inside the Gamecocks, the show served up this holiday season by Billy G's Carolina Barbecue. If you've not had it, I'm actually going to be using his seasoning, the secret spice, and I'll also be using his sauce, both of them, tonight, starting tonight around about 1 a.m., when I put my butt on for tomorrow, about one in the morning or so. And uh, so we're all fired up for that. Cannot thank them enough. If you need holiday catering this season or stocking stuffers, how about that? You got somebody in your family that likes to likes to smoke, uh, you know, not like JC smoke. Like I'm talking about like butts or uh, <laughs> ribs, brisket. BillyG'sCarolinaBarbecue.com. I mean, like. My fiance does not like smoked meat. Shake my head. So really? That's a, not, I mean, come so on. So I've, I've been wanting to get a smoker and try it all out. And my buddy, uh, one of my best friends, whose uh, wife is the reason I met her best friend, uh, I actually watched the Georgia game with him down in Columbia, and he smoked these ribs that were unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I mean, fall off the bone like unreal. Great sauce too, Joel. Phil, you know Joel. Joel yeah, smoked yeah. the hell out of some ribs, and uh, man, I just don't have that opportunity. Mm. You know, up here, plenty of people do it. I am a smoke a pork butt this weekend. You want to come over and watch the Bears and drink a beer, grill some Polish sausage. You know, people love it. But yeah, she's yeah actually more of a propane and propane accessories kind of woman. <laughs> that's, that's what we're limited to around here. Well, you're welcome to, if you can get here by about, uh, you know, I don't know, 3.30 or 4 o'clock tomorrow, you're welcome to come down and enjoy some. I'll some start barbecue. driving after we get off, JB. And I'm that's right, yeah. There. You'll make right, it. Right before you're ready to take him out of the smoker. <laughs> <laughs> We've already, uh, my wife and I were just talking the other night about, you know, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. I, I actually think for the first time ever, I'm going to smoke. Some ribs for Christmas Day. That is um, the best. Yeah, usually we do, you know, a little bit more traditional, but I think we're gonna uh, do some, you know, church and shrimp and grits on Friday night or uh, Friday night, Christmas Eve, and uh, ribs on Saturday or Saturday, Christmas Day, whatever. You know what I'm saying? All right, um, one hundred five here on uh, Inside the Gamecocks, the show. The rest of the college football schedule tomorrow, which is the reason that. We're smoking all this meat later on tonight. Uh, championship Saturday, Oklahoma State 
and Texas at noon on ABC, Miami and Toledo, the MAC title at noon on ESPN. Boise State and UNLV or UNLVA, the Mountain West Championship on Fox tomorrow at uh, 3 o'clock. Boise is a two-point favorite for Barry Odom and the running Rebels. Barry Georgia Odom, and Bama, dogs now only five-point favorites over the tide at 4 o'clock on CBS tomorrow. It's the final game ever for the SEC on CBS. Make sure you're tuned in to watch that one. SMU and Willie Fritz's two-lane Green Wave, the American Athletic Championship at 4 o'clock on ABC tomorrow. Those two programs are combined 21-3 and and 16-0 and in the American Athletic Conference. Tulane from Yulman Stadium in New Orleans is a three-point favorite in that one. App State, they found their way back into a title game. They've got Troy, the fighting Skyler Meads tomorrow night, 4 o'clock on ESPN in the Fun Belt title. Uh, Troy is a five-and-a-half-point favorite in Troy at Veterans Memorial Stadium against the home team, who's 10-2. and two. But App State, mm. their favorite. Michigan and Iowa, the over-under is 34-and-a-half, in case anybody was wondering, but somehow Michigan is favored by 22 down. points. Uh, Michigan and Iowa at 8 o'clock tomorrow night on Fox. And then at 8 o'clock on ABC, it is the – uh, battle for hurt quarterbacks. Oh, and in the ACC championship, 14th ranked Louisville, fourth ranked Florida State. The Knowles are two point favorites in that game at Bank of America Stadium, where there's expected to be a few more people in there than Wake Forest and Georgia Tech had a few years back. And with all of that being said, I think it was Wake and Georgia Tech. It was, it was Wake and Pitt there, but oh, Wake and Pitt. There Whatever. was once. Right, so the ACC, and this is how terrible that league is. When they added Miami and Florida State, you know, they had the, the the Atlantic and coastal divisions, and they they put them in opposite divisions. They're like, man, we're going. They're like they're like the the dude that's like at the at the swap meet, the flea market. You know, man, we'll just load up on stuff today, and we'll be rich, and we're gonna get all we'll resell. It. Well, my God, boy! And so they moved the championship game out of Charlotte to Tampa for two years in Jacksonville for two years, mm-hmm. and they ended up with Georgia Tech versus Wake Forest, Virginia Tech, Boston College twice yeah. back Ooh. to back. Yeah. And finally, they got a good crowd for Clemson and Georgia Tech in Dabo's first time he went for that last Tampa one. They quickly moved that bad boy back to Charlotte. And it's uh, with the exception of that one year where they, because of politics, they threw it to Orlando. But it's been back there ever since. <laughs> it's just like, I mean, that league just kind of always is, is like, you know, they, when they try to get out in front of something, it's, a, it's usually a disaster. Mm hmm. Yeah, I much. hate that the ACC divisions are gone because you li- you would have had Florida State and Georgia Tech. Yeah, this year and the yeah. old coastal the would coastal have produced Georgia oh Tech. <laughs> I, I yeah, it's, man, the it's coastal. Really but I'm, this... I'm I'm for the yeah I'm I with you I hate it but I'm also glad for my viewing sake Phil that at least it'll be a game that should be competitive. That's the thing for for those of us that don't necessarily and hopefully one day this isn't the case but the team we kind of cover and love and follow rarely plays on this weekend right so well not rarely those of us never just, do yeah well we did once that's not rarely that's one time once in a blue moon right. No, it's not even once in a blue. I've seen a lot of blue moons since they played in the conference title game. 
Well, what's sad is it should have been five, but I've talked about that too much. So uh, five straight <laughs> trips down there. Wait, but, I, uh, no, no. Let's get back into this whole Holinsky thing. Where did that cat? No, we don't want to talk about that either. But look, it's. Uh, I was that even brought up? You know, I, 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 and I, as much as I thought that it's kind of not having divisions bothers me because I think that eventually it's going to like, like the big 10 next year, it very well could be Michigan and Ohio state play. And then they turn around and play again. And that bothers Absolutely. me a little bit. hundred um, percent. I agree. It, it's one thing SEC. for, it's one thing for Georgia and Bama to play. And then a month later play for the national title after they've been through a semifinal game or something. It's or, or back when Florida and Florida state played again for the national champ. I get that. That's one thing, but one week and then the next, and then what if the, what if the regular season game doesn't even mean anything? I mean, I, I, I don't know, but for those of us that just want to see a hell of a game, th- this kind of guarantees you're never really going to have like a bunch of underdogs versus favorites, you know, cause I remember for, for a while there, there was Georgia Bama, but then every other game was like, my God, you know, uh, Pitt or Virginia or whatever the representative was of the Coastal versus Club Center, Florida State, you know, that didn't work. Uh, you know, you, you, Michigan, you had Ohio, the, the Big Ten, North, <laughs> Northwestern had, had, had BD Belima not blown it against the Hawkeyes. Northwestern was going to play in that championship game for the third time in five years. BD that's my boy, B. Palima. But, uh, I mean, it just, I mean, you know, it, it, the big, it was got Big Ten and ACC, which are the two primetime matchups, got awful uh, outside of like, you know, before they switched to East and West, they had the Michigan State, Ohio State upset. That's some good games. Legends and Leaders Division. Remember that? The Legends and Leaders. But, uh, I, The Big 12 is always like since they reinstated it, there's no divisions, and they've always had pretty good sound matchups. So I, uh, I, I hate to see the divisions go because I like to be inclusive with teams and like like for Pitt and Wake and you know Northwestern, whoever you know. Okay, well that's cool because they in a 12 team playoff, if, if you get an auto bid, they're kind of in the playoff and part of it. But now that the playoffs expanding and and you're going to have one versus two, it's obviously obviously going to be better TV across the board, but you know, we didn't talk about this JB. They're talking about eliminating them, right? Uh, the two conferences that aren't good for college football out of the power four want to eliminate it now. Don't agree with it. Um, I think that conference championship games are a integral part of college football. And that's what, that's one of the things that separates it. So, I mean, I mean, but honestly, like, in the NFL, there's conference championship games too. You've got the AFC championship and the NFC championship. So, I mean, I get it. It's structured a little bit differently, but I don't agree with any of that. I think it's I think it's Looney Tune to think that we should even consider eliminating conference championships. Like, what are we doing to college football? What's the point of doing that? It makes Seriously. no sense. Well, Why? Uh, some know, league, I mean, for some leagues, it's not. They just did it because the ACC did it. Yeah. Well, wh- why does anybody follow the ACC? <laughs> what do they? What do they, what do they contribute to college football? Not a damn thing. Well, I mean, it's like, them and the the, the freaking it, Big Ten, the, the the charlatans up up here. Right. 
that yeah. want to get rid of it because I think they're going to struggle with an eight-team freaking team league that stretches from coast to coast. And so it's impossible for everybody to play everybody. You know, you're, you're not going to play half the league. And then you're going to get in these where a computer decides who plays. Um, I think the ACC is just like, I mean, they're, they're, they're champion. When's the last time their championship game was even relevant? When? When is the last time an ACC championship game was like, all right, the winner, the winner here. This is probably the most relevant it's been ever. I mean, so I, I get it, but, but those two leagues don't need to be making any decisions about anything to do with college football. They're idiots, both of them. Meanwhile, Not the SEC one league was, does. The, the SEC championship game, despite the fact a lot of times it's not a great matchup, is a cash cow, highly rated. Yeah. It, it, it is it is it is a institution of a game, and then the Big Twelve is very forward thinking with their new league, and, and I think and the, and the guy out there, Yorber or whatever his name is, was like, hell yeah, we're doing a championship game, man. That's gonna be awesome for us because uh, that league's gonna be wide open. So I don't know, man. There's no reason to eliminate conference championship game. Matter of fact, I'll go so far on the other side of this. If they're going to go to a 16-team playoff, which your buddy Tim Brando mentioned that they might do one day, and I don't disagree with them. I think Tim is probably spot on with that. If you're going to do that, then put the champion, put the put the conference champion of every league in college football in there. Don't care that people think I'm crazy. I don't. Make all the conference championships matter. Seriously, make them all matter. Make them all matter and give us a chance to where one day we can see Tulane get in there and say so you, oh, you want oh, you oh. want New Mexico State and Georgia. Is that what? give them give them give them a chance? Let them play in the first round. They're going to get their ass beat. I understand that. Right. But make it make it a real playoff. Like if we, like see see people are scared. To, here's the thing with this: people are scared to have this conversation. I'm not. I don't care. Like if if you want to if you want to continue to push the haves and have nots, then do nothing. That's fine. Do nothing. If you want to protect the sport itself and, and eliminate your self interest, protect the sport. I'm talking about the sport, man. The sport of college football. Like you know how college basketball and college baseball they protected the sport. You win the conference, you, you get into the postseason. You know what I'm talking about here. Now that works. You want to protect the sport of college football? Then quit sticking your nose up at these little leagues. They might get in and get their rear ends kicked in the first round. Well, that doesn't give me all the best 16 teams. Well, so what? You're going to get all the teams that can win the title game anyways. So, put because guess what? Of all of those conference champions, which at this point in time, there'd be nine of them, not ten, because the Tupac is going away. Then you're going to get seven at large. If you have ten leagues, then you get ten at large. Guess what? How many of those are power five? Five. So guess what? They're all going to be in there anyways. And then you're still going to get your six at large teams. Like everybody's scared of of all this, you know. Like, well, I I don't I don't think that we need to have the winner of Conference USA in there. Well, you're right. We probably don't. But like, if you want to protect the sport, then you're going to have to put the winner of Conference USA into a playoff. Yeah, the Mid-American winner, it might be Miami of Ohio, and they might get beat 62-7 to in the first round. But they're still their conference champion. Like, people don't like hearing that because they all serve self-interest when they have this conversation. I'm talking about just for the sake of college football. Like, you want to protect it? 
You want to make conference championship games be meaningful? Do you want to give kids who go play at Toledo a, you know, a crack at living out some sort of dream? Will allow them to play in a college football playoff. Again, they might play one game and that's it. But also, you know what might happen, guys? That league ends up getting a bunch of TV money from being in college in the college football playoff. They turn around and go out and buy a couple of NIL guys. And then in 15 years, we see one of the greatest upsets. Like, this has been happening. Like, all these – Sewanee was in the SEC. South Carolina used to be in the SOCON, right? You do realize this, right? Like, time goes on. In 100 years, everything's going to be different. So, if they want to protect the integrity of the sport, then – Collaborate. Let all the conference champions get in there. Don't do away with it. Why would you destroy something that's been so meaningful for so long? I just think that's ridiculous. It always Brand- gets me hot and bothered when we have conversations like not like we, like y'all two of me. Like when collectively this country has conversations about how quickly can we destroy everything we've built? Like, let's change the rules. Why are we changing the rules, Don? Because the rules need to be changed. Why? What's wrong? What was wrong with the clock rule? Well, we need to save 11 plays a game. Why? Because uh, the, you know, these, these guys are getting hurt. Who? Who? Hurt. Show me that the ele- extra 11 plays hurt all these players. Still haven't seen that, have we? Well, we want to get more in line with the NFL. Well, why the hell would you want to do that? They can't even get their overtime rule correct. So what's so great about the NFL? Because the TV executives want that. Exactly. To television. Yeah. Television. Exactly. It all goes back to television. It's crazy. Which I you love can it. tell I they're driving it because the damn commercial now. breaks are just as long. <laughs> Games are shorter, well, but you that, see just as many TV, damn commercials. No way in hell there's like a two by three by coastal leaks. I mean, I mean, right. Right. There's no way, uh, you know, that, 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 that without TV. And so, yeah, they want to make it like that. I, as far as a group of five teams go, I mean, if, if the playoff went to 24 and you could have play-in games, maybe. I, I'm convinced because they do this in high school football. Um, you don't do it in pro football because it's the pros, but just about every other level of football, you are matched up against teams with the resources you can compete against, okay? Uh, that's why in high school you got 1A, 2A, 3A, 4A. They do it by not true. Traditionally, it is true. Tra- traditionally, now. it is true, but yeah, but the, you know, but like last night, the two A state championship was played, and both those teams are just recruited out of their rear ends, and the whole nine yards, like that whole charter thing's a yeah. joke. Well, that's mind. going away. That's going away because private yes, schools are going to get a multiplier, which they should, yep. and that's true. But, but in every other in every other level of football, you're kind of you know you have like like when you're a kid in the youth league, you got the weight limit or whatever, you know, and all. I'm that. with Charles, by the way. Um, well, I agree with you, Charles. I, I think that uh, <laughs> I think that uh, I think the group and this is something Brando would definitely disagree with me on because he he's Mister Access and, and I get it. I respect. Uh, there's not a lot of people I respect more than than Brando, so I'm not. I'm just I just disagree. I think the group of five needs its own playoff, and I think what you could do at that point because we're all all of us that love college football and the TV people they don't want to see the bowls go away. So I think what you do is, you know, Great. you get that many teams, you, you know, you, you, and, and just have a group of five national champion and a, and a, uh, a FBS national champion I, or, or a power five national champion. I, I don't know. You know, I, I think that it's, uh, 
Uh, it's going to be one of those things that's very interesting. But I, I would, I, I would just venture to say that that's probably a good way to look at it. But I also understand that, like the folks that run the American Conference, they're not going for it because it's going to be less money if you have. It's that, yeah, that's not. Yeah, yeah, it ain't going to happen. You know, it's not going to happen from a financial standpoint. Like, it's just not going to happen. Um, and then also, you know. <laughs> We're we're already so screwed up when it comes to these rules about leaving the FCS and going up a league and becoming a, you know, an FBS program. So what are you going to do when you go? Well, you know, we're petitioning to become a Power Five team. Okay, well, you're okay. So how long do you got to sit around and dick around with that? Where you're sitting there for three years and you can't play in the postseason, and and then you go win ten games. Everybody bitches and moans about it. So nobody did anything about it in the off season. Like. This is this is this whole thing. We could have a thousand of these conversations because we have a bunch of morons that are in charge of this, and everybody's scared to stand up and like make decisions and get the morons out of the way, you know. But like when we talk, we start talking about you know dividing and getting rid of conference championship games. That's moronic. All of it. That's insane. That is just ridiculously insane. All of it is. It's crazy to even think about that. I'm not against what you're saying though. If you had a group of five league and you had a power five league, but it won't work. It won't. It will not work from a financial standpoint. You're going to take all those. There's two, those guys that would be in the group of five will never go for it because of the financial package they're going to get. They can't ride the coattails and they're not, they're not going to have it. I'll say this. I wonder if we're going to hear this kind of rhetoric about the championship games after everybody goes to like top two teams in the league are playing for it. And then this weekend is the highest rated, highest rated weekend ever. Cause I, right. I bet some of the, I bet like, like the, the, like when the ACC game had wake and pit, I bet, I bet that was like a, not a good highly rated game. Uh, I don't think the big tens had a highly rated game in a while just cause the West has been so bad. Um, so I wonder if, you know, cause I think the ACC will get some numbers. They'll pull some numbers this Saturday night. Cause it's, it's relevant. And it's two yeah. good teams. So I wonder if they won't change the, their mind when they look at the ratings next year and go, oh, wow, we got to keep this. Oh, my God, everybody's too old. Oh, you shit. Or, you know, um, because that'll happen. That'll definitely happen. So, um, but I don't know. You know, I just, I just found it interesting that the two leagues that consistently make the poor decisions are the ones that are saying, why don't we eliminate championship game? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Can't. Uh, unbelievable. And RLE, I hear what you're saying, but that's impossible because all of the presidents have to vote on this. They'll never have the votes. They'll never, they'll never have the votes. So you can't. The Power Five can't just collectively that's say we're problem. getting rid of you because they all have an equal voice in this, and and they're not going for it. So you know, I, I get it. I know what you're saying. I I don't want you to think I'm chirping at you. Is I'm not. That's just the facts. Uh, that's why a lot of these rules exist that are just absolutely absurd. Everybody's got an equal voice. You have to literally restructure college football to eliminate all of that stuff, and there's no restructuring to be able to do that. Uh, no, they won't just leave the NCAA because they can't. I mean, it's it's not just that simple. Um, the, the, remember, the NCAA, the, the, there's a lot that's tied into all of this. I'm not a huge fan of the NCAA. You can't, okay, well, we're going. No, it doesn't work like that. There's all these other leagues and uh, um, sports and all these other things that are tied to this that are financially supported by that too. So, you know, it doesn't just work where you, well, we're just going to do this. It ain't that cut and dry. I promise you. I, I wish it was, but it's not. 
So, um, anyways. Um, yep. Uh, we got to hit one and, more time. Uh, uh, yeah, Xavier Short did. Yeah. yeah Xavier Short did get the transfer well. portal. Kylie Horton Another also one. in the transfer portal. In the transfer portal. Yeah. That receiver uh, room. Hey, last guy out of the receiver room. Turn off the lights, man. That's, that's right. Exactly <laughs> right. Well, the there are room here and now we're wide receivers. So there, there are receivers left. We actually will tell you who they are <laughs> now. As it stands now. Uh, when we get back, uh, we'll also make some quick picks today on the championship games this weekend and more. Please don't go anywhere. I uh, love all of you being here with us on a uh, kind of a dreary Friday afternoon out there, at least in our neck of the woods, but at least it's championship weekend. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey, Gamecock fans, Mike Morgan here. During my time in Columbia, one of my favorite places to eat was Salsaritas. When I go back now for work or any other reason, it's still Salsaritas. Yeah, I'm like you. I love tacos. I love Tex-Mex. Where are you going to go to get them? Well, you've got two convenient Salsaritas locations, one in Lexington and the Target Center, and one in West Columbia as well. Now, if you like tailgating, and who doesn't? Whether it's for a football game or anything else, they've got the catering hotline. Get yourself some Fiesta packs to take tailgating get yourself the three amigos bundles for tailgating they make catering easy with a fresh hot setup and again you just call the phone number 803-543-6297 to set it up you can also look them up online or you can even download the app salsaritas is just a cut above the rest that's why they're serving williams price stadium and the south stands also serving in the colonial life arena again that catering hotline number make it easy for you and the folks out there you don't need to settle for sandwiches every time 803-543-6297 803-543-6297 shop charleston fitness equipment this holiday season major discounts on treadmills rowers elliptigos and more proud partners of carolina rise inside the gamecocks and the chief sports network charlestonfitnessequipment.com 843-388-0999 Charleston Fitness Equipment this holiday season Quickly before we move back into uh, some Gamecock football stuff, uh, good luck tonight to Dutch Fork and White Knoll. Dutch Fork back in the state championship game, eight o'clock, uh, being played tonight in uh, Orangeburg and Christchurch Episcopal and our man Lance Johnsonville. Both of them in there compete for a state championship. Uh, probably a reason why we haven't seen old Latte because that game kicks off in thirty-one minutes. So. But uh, good luck to all of them. Really? Yeah. Good luck. Yeah, they're playing this afternoon. Uh, so good luck to them. And then also good luck tomorrow to Camden and Daniel tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. 
And tomorrow at noon, uh, old, uh, old Bruin, I saw him in there earlier. Good luck to you in South Florence and all the South Florenters in that ball game. That one kicks off tomorrow at noon. South Florence looking to finish the season 15-0. and 0. And so is Daniel looking to finish the season at 15-0 and 0 as well. Last night, Oceanside Collegiate Academy comes back to beat Gray Collegiate Academy 35-28. to 28. Uh, this is this is our show, uh, so I can say what I want as far as I'm concerned around here. I'm going to very respectfully say this, and I don't mean to offend anybody. Who cares? Um, I'm so tired of the charter schools, and uh, there was a couple of prominent uh, Mount Pleasant councilmen who so uh, proudly, by the way, they went to Wando, you know, beating their chest for uh, Mount Pleasant claiming a state championship game. That ain't Mount Pleasant. Nobody went to watch it, and I got news for you. If Wando or Beckham were playing in a state championship, the place would be jam-packed. No one even knew OCA was playing, and they didn't really care. So that's just me. I had to get that off my chest because there's nothing they can do about it. Um, in the wide receiver room, <laughs> Juice Wells is not officially gone, but he might be, as we all well know. Marion Brown is. Eddie Lewis is. Um, Xavier Leggett is. Kyla Horton is transferring. That's four. Xavier Short, that's five. Landon Sampson, that is six. And Omega Blake, that is seven. A lot of young, young, young wide receivers. Old Nick Harbour doesn't look so young anymore, boys. Uh, he'll be uh, the the leading guy as of now, next year. Uh, you've also got returning redshirt sophomore Eric Rice. Uh, redshirt junior, well, these are – how they're listed now. They'll be different next year. But Peyton Mangrum will be back. He was on the two deep this year. Uh, freshman Elijah Caldwell, here they come. So you got Nick Harbor, freshman. Elijah Caldwell, freshman. Tyshawn Russell, uh-huh. You got it, freshman. Kelton Henderson, freshman. C.J. Adams, freshman. Mm -hmm. The rest of them are walk-ons. J.C., you, I'll let you take the ball and throw it as far as you want you to here. My understanding is they're looking at – at least three or four. Did you say Kelton point. Henderson? I did. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's a, that's a big need. And, uh, you know, some of these guys, <clears throat> you know, like Omega Blake, I probably had his best year this year, but, you know, you have to ask yourself, is he, is he, is how, how much better can he get? And some guys do get better. Some guys don't. Some guys have to go someplace else to get better. Um, Kylie Horton, I don't know. I, I kind of expected to see him this year, but didn't. Um, uh, I know that, you know, the guys like Short and Sampson, it was disappointing, uh, especially with Sampson, that they didn't do more, but they just, uh, things yeah. just didn't work out. Landon needed to go back, and Short needs to go someplace he can play. He was kind of a tweener anyway. Um, outside of that, you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't know that we're done. I, I think, I think we are. I don't know we are uh, that we are. I know that we like Kelton Henderson. Uh, inside, they like they like Kelton Henderson. He just goes. He was hurt, you know, early and all that. Um, you know, uh, Andrew the Omega could go down a level and play more. So. I mean, that's it. Maybe he needs to drop a, a level. I mean, I, th I, I, I like Omega Blake. I'll be personally, honestly. I, I did too. He's woefully inconsistent. 
Yeah, and but not I mean, a good not a good route runner either. You know, but those are those are things that you know you you like. I know people are bagging on Justin Step. I'm going to go in the opposite direction. You know, if if it's about recruiting, I understand where people want to, you know, be a little frustrated. Um, you know, I by the way, I, I don't even think that story's over. We just named six freshmen who who we haven't even really seen play yet. But but from a development standpoint, I mean, he just developed two All Americans, right? I mean, did I miss something here? Xavier Leggett and and Juice Well. I just want to make, be clear on that. So like, mm-hmm. and you know, and you've got you got guys who we we know well and respect, Pat DeMarco and GA Mankus. Like you think they come on our show and say stuff just to say it? Well, then you're obviously not paying attention. These guys, this is what they say. We invite them on because that's how they feel. Um, and beyond that, you know, there's a lot of guys like that. Alshon Jeffrey will tell you quickly, he, he would have loved to have played for a guy like Justin Stepp. Um, you know, so Michael Flint, I mean, he's my friend, so I, I can per- personally speak to that. So, you know, there's a development thing here going on at South Carolina. The problem is they need guys like immediately. I felt like Omega Blake was one of those guys. He's a 6'2", 180, kind of that traditional wide receiver look. Got a little Brian Edwards look in him, doesn't he? Um, but not as consistent as Brian was. Like I, I felt like he was a guy who probably needed a year to develop, and maybe he could turn into something special. So I, you know, I'm not all that thrilled with seeing him depart the program. I thought he was going to be a guy who would who would play well here in due time. Yeah, I was pretty easily that he was going to get more snaps and an increased workload. Easy to see. I mean, with Excel leaving now, with the juice, you know rumblings yesterday uh you know but who knows anymore what you know it's like he's could be playing time could be you know somebody giving him info in his ear no nil is not a factor yeah no yeah so i mean maybe just uh, who knows some guys just aren't happy and want to leave yeah (laughs) they want more playing time i mean or they some of them may wouldn't surprise me to see some of these guys never play football again. I mean, when, when Muschamp took over, 24 guys left the program, and I think one guy was playing football anywhere. And people argue with me that, that Muschamp got left a better situation than Beamer. <laughs> yeah, sure he did. Uh, but, look, there's a, a lot of receivers out there um, – and look, people want to yeah, people want to talk about step. Okay, hey, number one, sometimes you miss. Uh, number two, the state hadn't had a lot of good receivers in it, and he's gotten just about all those guys except Williams his first year. Um, it, it usually does. Uh, I think this frees up a ton of space to where people are talking about Jamar Boston from Westside, who I think I think is a good player. I mean, I would I, would, I think now. When you have this much, this minute, this much space opening up, you can maybe go take a, you know, go say, hey, all right, this is a good player from the state. Probably wouldn't have had room earlier, but let's go take a flyer on him and, and see what happens. And as we know, when you take flyers on in state kids, it works. Um, you know, and, and Clint, you could sit there and say trouble closing on big name targets all you want. But if you, if you're able to name me one receiver's coach here that has closed on big name targets from out of state, Name me one. Just one. Coach has ever been here. 
Yeah, I'll give you I, I'll give you credit for it. But uh, uh, I don't. I, I you know. It, 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 it's just one of those things. I mean, you know, you, you got to, you got to kind of sometimes take you can get, I mean, Kyla Horton probably, you know, probably is about a year away. You know, uh, I think Landon Sampson was a guy that his career kind of got derailed when he got here. Uh, I, I think he probably should have maybe gone back closer to home last season, but he gave it another shot. You know, yeah. you can't blame Xavier short for hanging in for two years. It's his dream. It's his close school, you know, uh, why not? Uh, Omega, you know, it took him a while, uh, you know, and and maybe he wants to go someplace he feels he knows he can play and thinks knows what's coming in the portal. So it's, you know, every situation is different. So I, I just don't, uh, you know, blaming Justin Stepp or whatever. I, I just, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure. I think, I think of all the angst and consternation about the portal guys, uh, this is a good thing. Because if if these guys all were kind of dead weight, why would you want them eating up scholarships when you can go get guys that could potentially be better? Well, I mean, look, of all the great wide receivers that have come through South Carolina, um, those who have set records and things like that, um, you know, if you look at the top of the record board, you know, Brian Edwards, he's an in-state guy. Alshon Jeffrey is an in-state guy. Um, um, Sidney Sidney Rice Rice. Rice is an in-state guy. All right, and then okay, and then look at the rest of those guys who are on there. Okay, Kenny McKinnon, outside of Sterling, outside of Sterling, clearly back in the in the mid eighties. But so you're talking about Kenny McKinley. Um, you're talking about you're talking about Kenny McKinley. You're talking about Shy Smith. You're talking about Pharaoh Debo, um, Jermail Kelly. I mean, we we can keep naming all kinds of guys around here all we want to. And then you know, name all the other guys that filled it. You know filled in the gaps, Bruce Ellington and Demir Bird and, and, and so on and so forth before we get to this group that we've got here of Juice and Xavier. And every, the guys that I named that were the in-state guys were the big were the big name guys that you got, right? Okay, so you, Brian Edwards. Uh, yeah. Sid, but Sydney wasn't, though. Alshon. But Sydney wasn't. But Sydney wasn't. He was a three-star guy, he, yeah. He, he was a basketball player football guy who was probably going to go to Syracuse every one of those other guys I just named every single one of them every one of them there isn't a if there maybe there is but it's a very small percentage out of every hundred people it might be one or two who just jumped up and down and said my god this guy's gonna be the next great thing here Debo wasn't celebrated like that Pharaoh wasn't celebrated like that even Sydney wasn't celebrated like that None of these guys were the best wide receivers that ever end up at South Carolina develop at South Carolina, period. It is very few and very far between that show up and show out as a true freshman on campus. Alshon, we can use that example all we want to. Name another. Bueller, or exactly. They, they don't exist. It take, This school has never just, just brought out – like. That's why, that's why I was saying just a little while ago, and I, this isn't directed to anybody specifically, but, like, there are six freshmen on this team. Six of them at the wide receiver position. How on God's green earth can I judge the freaking guy who recruited them here until I see them play? Like, for an extended period of time. Because last year, Xavier Leggett couldn't even catch the damn thing, could he? Right? 
Just want to be clear here. He couldn't catch the football. And then this year he's got 1,200 yards? I can't personally bag on a coach who has six guys who are just getting into the program and haven't even developed. I think it's insane to do that, personally. Yeah, you know, look, and they could have gotten um... – Come on, Jordan. McClendon, You're not the did. Oakland A's, uh, Jesus. M- McKinley did. Uh, he developed very quickly. Um, yeah, 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 but look, you also had, like, say what you want about Steve Spurrier Jr. You don't ever let, need to let him be in charge of any personnel at all, like, including who is his players are that he plays. Yeah. No, 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 no personnel, no coaching personnel, no recruiting evaluations, because uh, he almost didn't take, like, half these guys that were really good. But one thing the guy is, is is elite at teaching guys the position. I mean, he there's nobody better in the country. And you look at kind of like what he did going back to Oklahoma when they, they were a wishbone team, and they're running Mike Leach's offense the first year. <laughs> and, and he's taking DBs and running backs and everybody else and, and, and turning them. I mean, Torrey Gurley, Bruce Ellington, Pharaoh Cooper, none of those guys were receivers to begin with here. You know, right. um, and so that was it too. But like, look, I you know st- whatever the wide receiver room needs to be retooled. I think we all know that. I think the good news is this Retool. gives us space to do it. Why Retool would you, you? Why would you? Don't complain. I mean, what this is this is good news. <laughs> this is good news because guess what? Sometimes this happens. I mean, hey, anybody seen Clemson's wide receiver room this year? Anybody seen that? Mm. Yeah, it sucked. Oh, this one was yeah. better than well, that. Weren't, one, they, weren't sure. they wide receiver it, you for a long time? My point is, I mean, they didn't stop recruiting four and five stars. It's just these four and five stars weren't quite that good, and 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 so people miss. They they miss, and uh, the good news is now if you miss, you can have a mulligan quickly with the portal. So yeah. uh, uh, I think that I think I think that's the deal. You know, I, I just don't. Uh, well, I mean, hey, look, man, like I, I thought I thought when Eddie Lewis came here, and I know Eddie couldn't get out of Eddie's way, but like I thought that Eddie Lewis was a guy who was going to show up um, to South Carolina and step right in and probably be, I don't know, what do you think, JC, top four type guy? I mean, he had a lot of talent. Top four, maybe top five. Well, let's be fair to the conversation a little bit here because we all thought that Juice was going to be playing too. Um, and, you know, that, that didn't really work out. I mean, I, I would call – I would call that a miss before I would call any of the freshmen a miss because Eddie Lewis has played four years of college football coming in. None of these guys that are young guys have played at all. Does that make sense? So, like, I, I you know, I look at I, – I, let's talk about Nick Harbor. Let's, ta- let's talk about Nick Harbor here. When I saw Nick Harbor play, and, again, this is just the way that I saw it, and, and nobody, nobody asked me my, my opinion, but when, when I saw Nick Harbor play back in September and then when I saw Nick – Harbor play at the end of November, I saw a different Nick Harbor. Now, we can go on the stat line if that's what everybody wants to do, and it's really not that much of a difference at all because he didn't have a bunch of stats this year. But, you know, watching him and then trying to do what I think is the right thing to do, you know, consult the people that know a hell of a lot more than, than me. What do you think about Nick? We think about how he's developed. Oh, man. Well, here's what he's done really, really well. And here's what he hasn't done so well. Well, why is that? Why hasn't he done that well? Well, you know, those are things that take time. You know, you need a lot of reps for that. 
If you're just out there running routes and you might get one ball a game, that ain't going to help you there. You got to be able to do that every single day for six straight months in the offseason. So, like, he's a guy, like, while – J.C., while everybody just beats up, bangs up on him, like I saw somebody – I can't even believe that I took the five minutes to look at message boards this morning. Well, if Harbor leaves, that's no big deal. He sucks anyways. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> the guy just got moved to wide receiver for the first time in his career. He runs, like, a 10-flat, 100-meter da- – he was one of the most – if Harbor wanted to leave, every top program in college football would be kicking his door in to give him as much money as they possibly can to come there. So are all those schools just – they just got it wrong too? And they ain't going to be kicking the door in to put 40 pounds on him and make him a defensive end, are they, J.C.? They're not doing that. Uh-uh. It ain't happening. They're going to be kicking the door in because now he's got a year under his belt as being a, a, being a wide receiver, and they've got a head start on making him an elite one. That's why, right? So this kid, he he's one of the dudes in the offseason. Like, we should – if, if Justin Stepp is the wide receivers coach at South Carolina in 2024, we should see marked improvement from Nick Harbor now to Nick Harbor August 31 against JCU's yeah. on to you ODU Mar- Monarchs. And, and I think I think Nick works hard too. A lot he works a lot like Alshon. So, um, and, and and I'm going to say this for the final time because I guess people don't want to listen. There is a good reason Eddie Lewis is not playing because I'd have felt the same way because I thought Eddie Lewis looked really good. But there is a good reason why he's not playing, and it's because of him. So if you're worried about, you know, Eddie Lewis, you know, getting not playing over Luke Doty, because, and, and by the way, I don't know if you're, you know, I thought Luke looked pretty good from time to time this year. Was he great? No. But if you're worried about that and you think it, if you like all roads always lead to coaching around here, right? Everybody wants to blame coaching for everything. Eddie Lewis is not a coaching situation. It's, it's trust me. Yeah. That's... Is it safe to assume that like uh, Mazio Bennett, for example, is going to be ahead of the curve than, you know, farther along than Nick Harbor was when he first got here just because Mazio's natural position is wide receiver. I mean, mean, I've watched this kid play. He's 100%. I mean, because he's (laughs) He's played the position, Phil. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's the advantage. Yeah. You know, I think uh, I wish Eddie Lewis would have kept his head on straight and done what he's supposed to do and played because I think they could have used him, right? Absolutely. I think think if you're just talking about talent, I think he's I think he's probably more clutch and better than Amari and Brown. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 you know, and um, so whatever. But, um, you know, and I guess Greenville High School did send a guy to Clemson last year that did pretty well this season, right? Tyler Brown. So, um, yeah, it worked out for him. You're probably getting good coaching at Greenville. So, Mazio probably could come in and play. But uh, I see this as a complete positive because – you know, and some of these guys may go elsewhere and play well. I mean, Omega Blake may go somewhere and, and, and really be good. But uh, I think opportunity, the opportunity is you can flip the whole room and um, just about. And, and you can go, hopefully, the plan is to go try to get some, some high school guys like Boston or Yannick Smith from Somerville. Because I – uh, something about Boston in particular wow. makes me think they're making a mistake. Just some, you know, and he's the kid from West Side, and he's playing South Florence. So, Bruin, 
Yeah. You know, I, I know you're going to pull be pulling against my boy Brian Lane. That's 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 where he coaches. But uh, give me a scouting report on um, on uh, Jamar Boston because I've just I've just heard too many good things about that kid to, uh, for people I trust to make me think eh, this may not. Maybe not. Maybe he's not a mistake. Who knows? But uh, you got to watch those in-state guys, and uh, there's going to be guys in the portal that come. There's a there's resources for a good portal haul at receiver and um and we'll see sort of what happens so i i think that there's going to be i think it's that, uh, yeah that that portal with, jason you know what's yeah. coming on monday there's going to yeah. be probably a thousand wide receivers in there so they're yeah. they're they're, they're, they're going to find guys they're they're going to find guys and all right, so Howard says it'll be, it'll be guys. Cool. Are, he's a quarterback, and then he's there. You're playing him over guys that you recruited to play receiver, and that are busting their butt at receiver at practice. Well, how the hell do you know that, Howard? How the hell do you know what's happening at practice? Right. I think yeah. I know. What, I think I, I think what happened at practice is the reason Luke was playing over those guys. Right. You know, come on, right. man. Just, uh, just give me a break. Well, and and I, and I and I understand, and and I understand how that looks. Like I get it. Like I know what it looks. It's, you know, it's it's if if you if you don't if you're not there every day seeing it or or hearing it, I get it. Like I get it. You know, like why you wonder what in the world is happening here. I mean, this this guy Luke Doty by the way a great gamecock who's done nothing but anything and everything he's been asked his entire career um you know he is out here playing doesn't seem to be as talented as the guy that he's playing over so just ask yourself like okay these coaches have eyes right and they've got brains and they've they've, they've got ability they they know they're in there practice every day. They see them every day. If the better player isn't playing, why would that be? There's got to be something else, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, just leave that there. But I just feel like that's the fairest way. Luke Doty earned the playing time. Eddie Lewis did Eddie Lewis in. And that's that's the way that that. And that's the way the cookie crumbles. Well, yeah, I mean, you can't help that. I mean, that happens. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, you hate it, but uh, you got to, you know, everybody's got to hold up their end of the deal. And Caden, the reason that the carry on started over Mario, look, I'm a big believer in Mario. I, I said day one when I first carry he had, he needs to be playing. He needs to be playing. The reason that the carry on was in there, and I spoke directly. This is gonna. This is here. You go. This is gonna be everybody. Hold on. Talk to Mario Anderson about this. The guy, the running back. Why aren't you playing more? You should probably be starting. Haven't picked up the blocking schemes. I'm trying to figure it out. As soon as I got it, I'll be in there. Pretty simple. That came right from the horse's mouth. So let's let's eliminate that crap too. You know, a lot of crap that floats around out there with keyboards and things like that. That's junk. Um, right out of the horse's mouth. Bam, right there. Even said it in a press conference one time. So, Jay, Jay yeah. Diz, you weren't in practice. Guess who was guess who was blocking better? Maybe they both weren't that good, but the better one was out there. Now we can make the argument that the better one, that Mario should have been getting more carries. There's no doubt about that. I agree, hundred percent. But the guy who was playing more 
was the guy who was doing the little things more in practice. I, I'm not exactly sure why we have to keep going around and around about this, and it's our show, so we won't. You ready to make some picks, Phil? Yeah, we, I can, championship I, I can even cue up a little music if we're going to make some picks here. Right? <laughs> yeah. Nevada fired their coach. That's what happens when UNLV has a good season. And, <laughs> hey, by the way, Jeff, Jeff Tedford stepped down at Fresno State as well. That's an interesting. Uh, that's an interesting gig for somebody out west. So we'll hmm. see. Yeah, that's you think Fritz and Chadwell are on the move after this weekend? No, no, I don't think nobody's so. hiring Chadwell. Can be something. And they should. <laughs> yeah, they should. No, I mean this guy making chicken salad out here. <laughs> mm. All right. Looking at some of this stuff anymore, it's getting outrageous. Yeah, yeah ne- nepotism, by the way, is about like family members and stuff. You're thinking about favoritism, not nepotism. <laughs> just just want to make that clear. I mean, you know. I know it's like yeah. I mean, it's the yeah, same. No, they, it's the same they, they'd rather play a guy. Who isn't good? And not have a better chance at winning. I mean, come on! <laughs> it's their jobs and millions of dollars on the line. Yeah, start the other guy. Come on! <laughs> Tonight at seven o'clock on the CBS Sports Network, New Mexico State, twenty-fourth ranked Liberty, They're ten and a half point favorites. JC, lead us off, my man. I'm going to go to New Mexico State. What to win? Oh. Wow. Well, this Whoa. Liberty is up. about to enter the kill zone. <laughs> the kill zone. That's right. Phil. And, uh, save us. I don't see it. I think Liberty wins. I mean, the game's at home. I mean, it's in Lynchburg, so. I agree with you. I think Liberty. I don't know if they'll cover the 10 and a half. I, I, I think JC might be on to something there with. Jerry Kill, these guys are all fired up. They don't. When's the last time the Mexico State played for a conference title? I don't know. Never. So they're going to keep no, it going. I was gonna say, yeah. Not a damn time. Never. Not a single time. Well, they've got a believer in Schubert. That's well, for well, sure. We, we, we've got UNLV and New Mexico State and Tulane, although Tulane's been something for a couple of years now, all playing for conference titles yeah. on, tomorrow. Pretty cool. On Saturday. Oregon and Washington are also going to play for one tonight at 8 on ABC from Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. Nevada, the top the top two passers in college football, maybe the top two Heisman candidates as well, will square off. Whoever wins this game might actually decide that award, guys. Washington is a nine-and-a-half-point dog after defeating the Ducks earlier in the season. That dog, you got? I think Oregon wins. I think Oregon wins. Washington covers, but Oregon wins. Yeah, I'll go with you. I think Oregon will win. I think that Washington will cover that nine and a half, but I think that uh, I think Oregon's your, your final, your last ever Pac-12 champion. Schubert? Washington wins by more than they won last time. I think they win by 10. <laughs> Don't laugh at me, because look at the history of this game. Go back. And You're look. right. I mean, no, I all get these it. rematches. We always say, 
Oh, yeah. holy hell, the rematch. You know, it, no, it, it, it ends up being like Auburn and South Carolina in 2010. Right. Oh, don't do that. It's worse. Uh, the, 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 the only reason the, I laugh is because you picked the, Oregon at the points yesterday. I did, but I, I can change my mind. You can. You've rethought it. I like it. I like it. Yeah, and Jay did. Jay is you get no argument from me over Mario should have been coached up faster, but there hadn't really been much coaching going on at that position the last few years, if you notice. (laughs) Nor recruiting, nor retention. So I will. will I'll get on board with that one. (laughs) Noon tomorrow, Oklahoma State, a sad situation. A steer ended up in the, a dead one, ended up in the front yard of a fraternity house at Oklahoma State. Absolutely insane. And that whoever did that should be prosecuted to the fullest. I'll pick this one That's first. Sick. That is ridiculous. I hope Texas beats them by 100 because of that. But they won't. Texas will win the game. JC? Who is man enough to beat the mm. Longhorns? Is Mike Gundy man enough? He's a man. He's 60 now. <laughs> if I hadn't heard that, I was picking the Cowboys to pull the upset because... I disdain the, the 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 softness that is in Texas most games, and then they can turn it on and beat poor Texas Tech by fifty. But I'm gonna go to hell with killing an animal like that, you bunch of idiots. Um, I'm Sad. going with uh, the Longhorns, and I hope they are man enough and they roll. Phil, yep, Texas, yep. I mean, yeah, right. and I I love Mike Gundy, but this isn't about Gundy. This is about morons. Yeah, that's killing insane. animals. Right. Don't yeah, that's dumb. SMU Tulane four o'clock ABC tomorrow. Uh, quick pick here. Tulane just a three point favorite. JC, uh, I'm going to actually go with an upset. I think SMU gets it done. SMU wins. <sighs> Tulane's just so hard to beat. They are, um, and I like SMU a lot. Rhett Lashley's done a great job there. Uh, let's get let's go with SMU. Uh, last year in this league, they joined the. Uh, the ACC next year, so yeah, that's right, Phil. I'm with you, fellas. I'm going SMU. SMU. Yeah, that last year in the league, might as well win it on your way out. <laughs> How about Michigan and Iowa? JC, Hawkeyes. Just kidding, <laughs> Michigan, and they'll cover the over. And I'm sorry, Howard, I, I misread you, and I apologize. I didn't mean so harsh. I like Howard, by the way. Howard, I didn't mean anything. I know, that. Howard. I'm sorry. I just, you know, I, I, it's uh, been a long week. <laughs> How are uh, I'm, I'm with JC on this field. Michigan wins. They uh, but they don't get over the 34 and a half. It'll be like 30. It'll be like 28 to seven. Oh, 34. And that a half. is over 34 and a half. JB. Well, yesterday it was 35 and a half. It's come down. Oh. See, we had it at 35 and a half. So I'm going with uh, 28 to seven on the 35 and a half we had yesterday. Phil. Oh, yeah. Give me uh Give me Michigan 17 to 8. Okay. <laughs> 17 to 8. <laughs> Somebody hits a grand slam late to. Uh, That's right. <laughs> Louisville and Florida State tomorrow night at 8. Guys, I'm going to be the first one to go ahead and do this. Louisville upsets them. Florida State, you're out of the playoffs. Louisville beats them. JC? No. Better, better quarterback is in Louisville. They win. No, but beware. Be careful because 
Uh, Brom will lose to Kentucky, mediocre Kentucky or to Pitt, but yeah, right. And then, but he could, he could end up beating the crap out of Florida State tomorrow. Night. This is how he rolls. It's how he rolls. Uh, I'm gonna go Florida State. I'm gonna go Florida State. Bandwagoner. And finally, tomorrow on yeah. CBS, for the last time ever, the SEC will have a game on that network, the SEC championship game. Mm. The dogs now are just five point favorites over. The Alabama Crimson Tide, Tide looking to really, really, really show a throw a big kink into this thing. Bill, will they do that? Dogs, go dogs. As much Bama. as I want to pick Bama, and the line is kind of, I've, I'm going to have to go with Georgia. They're just better. Somebody send Coach Muschamp a text and tell him that his defense is going to get lit up tomorrow. Alabama, Alabama. Big time. They score 75 points, and they take down George. 75-7 to seven hey, in the final SEC if you, championship. If Milrow gets loose with his legs, that that's yeah, that's you, kryptonite to a defense like George's. 28-24 Alabama. 28-24 Alabama. They beat him. And then it, from there, I don't even know. I do know this, though. We're out of time, and we are headed to the weekend. Eric Church is going to carry us there. Hopefully – all of you enjoy your conference championship games this weekend, and we sure are glad that you spent the week with us. Monday, the portal opens. We'll get plenty of rest, and then we'll be ready to rock and roll and try to break it all down and decipher it and give you all the information, news, notes, and nuggets that we've got. For JC and Phil, I'm JB. Served by Chicken Cock, built by the Barn Co., and live from the Sinorama Studios. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. We'll see you on Monday at 11 here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show.